0: The in the show with your host, ghost in
1: Smack the shit out your bitch ass midget girlfriend, nigga. <laughs> 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 oh.
2: Welcome back to the Agostino Zynga Show, episode number 662. Hope you are well. Wherever this podcast may find you, I hope you are swimmingly. Hope you are good. Hope you are good. How am I? You know, all good, all things considered. I cannot complain. I cannot complain. That's not what I do. I don't complain. I just keep striving. I just keep hustling. I just keep doing what needs to be done. And I keep putting one foot in front of the other and hoping for the best. And that's what I'm doing right now today. Yeah. So thank you for tuning in once again to the Agostino Zynga show. I am Agostino Zynga. And this is episode number 662 of the number one cultural commentary podcast in the world, as voted by you, lovely fans. Right? That's why I am Grammy award winning oscar winning oscar winning oscar grammy award winning cultural commentary podcast and i'm so glad so happy to have you here with me right now so we can enjoy this lovely lovely podcast all together that's the main thing right that is the main thing that is the main thing anyway so no one will know what happened prior so i'm just gonna go right into it like nothing actually happened that's the main thing that's what pros do that's what actual pros actual people that know what they're doing that's what they do They just keep on keeping on and pretend like nothing happened prior so to open up this show and this is a bit of sad news to report i just wanted to say a quick shout out and a quick heads up and r.i.p to bob lee the founder of cash up who unfortunately was stabbed to death in san francisco absolutely tragic news really really is no one deserves to go out that way and it's even worse because it happened in portland and according to everything i've been reading online because i'm not from america but allegedly portland's an absolute hellscape so you could just imagine how tragic that must have been considering where he is and also considering it also also the home of flipping silicon valley and all those flipping crazy places where people go and start startups and whatnot so r.i.p bob lee this is article courtesy of tmz and it says Bob Lee the founder of Cash App has reportedly been murdered in a stabbing in San Francisco the 43 year old was involved in the fatal stabbing early Tuesday morning according to NBC Bay Area sources say that he was rushed to hospital after the attack but succumbed to his injuries absolutely tragic man RIP to that man and you see some pictures here from the crime scene and it continues it says no arrests have been made yet and San Francisco PD has yet to reveal any details about the alleged suspect Lee was currently the CPO of the crypto company mobile coin and he was the CTO of mobile payment company Square in the past even working at Google in these early days. Um, Joshua Gobrad um, the CEO of Mobile Coin shared his Um telling ABC7 Bob was a force of nature helping um, to birth the Android and Cash App into our world and Moby was his dream a privacy protecting wallet for the 21st century I'll miss him dearly. So RIP Bob Lee a literal pioneer in this thing and somebody whose legacy will kind of far outlive um, his kind of time here on earth but bloody hell man what a tragic way to go out so r.i.p probably forcing and feelings go out to his friends and family they must be absolutely going through right now man r.i.p to that man r.i.p to that man Quickly moving on, I wanted to quickly catch up and just give a little bit of an update on this regarding the whole Bobby Lee thing. I'm not going to play the video because it's just him essentially copping, and so it's it's essentially him trying to cope and make excuses for that crazy, awful Tijuana story. But something that just came to mind during the interim of me flipping starting a stream that I kind of wanted to touch upon and just use as a kind of thought experiment. I don't really have an issue as sick as it may be with comedians like having really edgy content, or sorry, edgy jokes, or edgy edgy subject matter, which would include like you know stuff to do with kids and whatnot. It doesn't really bother me that much, as long as it's funny. And of course, funny is subjective. I understand that. But one thing I got me thinking just right now is that this this is the thing that I think is the issue for me. I feel like if you're the edgy guy, if you're the edgy woman, you should understand, especially in the culture and the society that we're living in now at the moment how those jokes will resonate with people. And you should be somewhat anticipating that people will always have an issue with the jokes that you say because of their subject matter and because of how edgy they are. So in theory, my, in my eyes, I feel like if you're that kind of man or woman who likes to say those type of jokes, you should just not have any excuses for them in your book. You should never apologize and you should never moan. You should just accept it's kind of part of the gig because you decided to be the edgy comic person, you're probably not going to be on Fallon Lane time soon. You're probably not going to get a Netflix special, but you're going to have a really hardcore group of fans that kind of ride and die for what you do. And that's going to be about it. And you're also going to maybe have attempts. You're going to have people attempt to cancel you maybe every six months or so. You just have to live with that reality. The thing that I don't like about this Bobby Lee thing is that I feel like he's like complaining and crying about it every time it kind of resurfaces. Because I feel like he's apologized for this like seven times in the time that I've kind of known of Bobby Lee, and maybe before that he apologized beforehand because he originally told his story if i 'm not mistaken on the david cho um d v s a whatever podcast that he had with that um other Asian porn star I forgot her name asakira, I think they had a show together, and Bobby Lee and Kalila turned up on their um early days, and he basically shared that story and this was to be to give bobby Lee a bit of a a bit of benefit a a bit of um Um, To give him a little bit of a blight, this was during the time when podcasting was the wild, wild west. People would legitimately go on podcasts and sharing the most crazy stories, thinking no one was listening. And then after the fact, everyone blew up. And then those stories that you thought no one was listening to, they would become your stories that kind of made you famous, similar to the, 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 the flipping Joey Diaz, one of him jumping into or creeping into some girl's window or something, right? All those sort of stories that you thought no one would flipping care about, they suddenly then propel you to fame. But they're also very, very, very sketchy stories right and it kind of make you seem like a monster so i think if you're going to be edgy guy if you're going to be edgy woman you have to accept That you're most likely always going to be under the microscope of people wanting to cancel you because they're going to figure out later down the line that what you said 10 years ago sounds crazy by today's standards and they're going to want to retroactively try and cancel you. I'm not for retroactive cancellation personally. I think cancel culture can work in a sensible way. Like I've mentioned before in other pods, I think in some cases, especially when it's to do with rape or sexual abuse, it's very difficult to get a conviction even if you've got the evidence. And sometimes it's very difficult to get a conviction, you know, after a certain amount of time. We've had certain cases in the UK where because the time elapsed, as you know, the victim basically couldn't bring the case forward because too much time had passed. So I understand if you're the victim and it's somebody high profile, one of the things that you can get as a sense of justice is cancelling them, making them embarrassed online, um, shaming them, and maybe kind of, you know, hurting their pocket, Getting, getting some deals canceled for them, that could bring you some sense of justice. But what I don't like is this retroactive sort of like, oh, let me just do it now and kind of make it what No, 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 no. This story happened ages ago. No one canceled him back then. We don't know who the victim is. So essentially you're trying to cancel him for a victimless crime to some extent. It's a little bit crazy. It's a little bit um it's a little bit kind of orchestrated it's and it just doesn't come across like you're doing it for the right reasons it just comes across like you just want to end his career because you didn't like the story that he shared but i'm also aware that the story is flipping sick if what he's saying is true and again I, i my theory is that i think it is true but i think after the fact a lot of these comedians don't really have many maybe as part of being a good comedian they're not really the most um Normal, right? And they don't necessarily talk to regular people that much because you listen to Joe Rogan and he basically says he hates talking to regular people. Comedians like hanging out, hanging around other comedians because maybe because their brains are broken, maybe because they kind of like enjoy being around other narcissists. Who knows? But usually, comedians when they're actually around regular people and they share stories, they don't really realize how their normal stories can seem a bit messed up to other people. You know what I mean? So maybe that's the kind of thing. So. I don't know, I just think if you're the edgy person and you do edgy jokes, shut up and stop complaining, everyone's always, no one's ever going to be cool with this T.O.I. and a prostitute story, no one's ever going to be cool with it ever, doesn't matter, never so the fact that he keeps crying and complaining about it and trying to seek um, you know, forgiveness for it or you know, seek clipping people's forgiveness is just really stupid it's never going to happen, you're the edgy person you know, stand on your shit stop being a baby and keep it moving that's basically my kind of mo when it comes to that sort of stuff i may be a bit redacted for it i understand but i just think you should you know you should kind of keep it um keep it on that regard keep on that regard yeah, 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 for sure, um, Uche, yeah. I've got it added to the next one, yeah, for sure. I I don't want to watch it now because it's just going to make, it's going to bum me out, Um, that whole flipping Bobby Lee stuff. It kind of bums me out all the time when I listen to it. So I'll just add it to the random show so it's something I can listen to so that when I listen to it, I can go straight to bed and I don't have to have it kind of ringing in my ears too much, man. that All that noise, all that information, it just, it just yeah. After a while, it's like, come on, man. there it has to come a limit to the amount of times I can hear that story personally. But yeah, I added to the next list added to the next sorry episode of random show for sure for sure for sure for sure next we're going to talk about this i think needs to be talked about so there's this clip right going viral somewhat of this youtube prankster basically disturbing people just for the sake of their flipping videos and i want to basically say another thing that i basically said about the comedians is i think nowadays especially when you consider how you know the troubling times we live in the state of the economy the way that it is and just people just generally just trying to make the best of the time that we have available on this earth we don't know how long that's going to be especially with the press you know wars you know springing up all over the place you know um, public unrest and whatnot people i just feel like nowadays want to be left alone more than ever so when i see videos like this it just bums me out and it also makes me kind of steadfast in my belief that I don't want to see anybody crying if you hear a report of this YouTube prankster who, you know, for no apparent reason just bothered somebody just chilling, enjoying themselves on their computer. I don't want to hear any sob stories if said person ends up perishing. If somebody ends up picking up a flipping, you know, a weapon of some sort and blasting that person in the face, I don't want to hear anybody crying because I think people should just be left alone to mind their business. Leave people alone. Stop getting involved in your content. Leave them alone. But this is a clip of the kid being absolutely annoying.
3: With
1: my so, uh, <laughs> oh, I was, just, I was just trolling a little bit.
3: Trolling? Why are you trolling? Uh, I thought we'd have a little fun. But. Well, I, you
2: know,
3: you don't need to troll me. Okay. All right. I, I don't know. I just thought it'd be funny. All right. Thank you, sir.
1: Hopefully, yeah. I, I didn't get you too good, you know. I mean,
2: you're okay.
1: Okay cool. Alrighty. Thank you sir. Great guy. <laughs> oh, <my video> <laughs> I
3: don't know if they called on us or what, but imagine me actually get arrested now.
1: Uh uh zoom in on. Them. Oh
2: Anyway, the, my video play is going super sketchy and going crazy. But essentially, this kid is in this restaurant somewhere, an older man is just on his laptop minding his business, browsing the flipping internet, bothering absolutely nobody. The kid starts playing a prank on him by tapping him on the shoulder and hiding behind him so that he can't see him. And eventually, I guess the old man um, sees a police officer walking by and basically reports the kid. And they get to the point where the officer nearly arrests them, nearly arrests them. bothering this old man and at the whole time they're in disbelief they're laughing they're joking they're like i can't believe it's happening look at the piece of his face looking at them it's like bro some people don't want to be involved in your nonsense some people don't want this some people just want to be left alone to their own devices and i think police officer's got an actual quote here towards the end what do you say police officer's got a quote here somewhere i can't see it but he said something i don't think i got there here but yeah he basically gets arrested i think at towards the end of it but this got me thinking in general about my kind of um, my kind of uh, goal when I was going out quite a lot, my main thing when I was going out often, was yes, a, so, yeah, oh, I didn't... Oh, oh, sorry. my main goal when I was going out often was that I really did dislike people who would get you involved in their in their like party. Like you'd go to a rave somewhere, or you go out just on a night out with the drinks, and there'd be that person who's like jumping from table to table, trying to get people involved in their conversation, asking where so and so's from, and it just was annoying because it was like they were trying to get you in their vortex of like happiness and hype when you just wanted to mind your business and enjoy your drink with your friend or on your own or whatever you were doing and i felt like it's a really tiny thing but i feel like usually a person that does that it says a lot about your personality if you're the person that you know you can't control yourself whatever you're taking whatever you're drinking You have to get everybody else involved in your vortex or you're the person that tries to pull people into your party because you feel like they're not having enough fun. You've got to make their night more fun. Leave people alone. Leave people alone. He's not doing anything. He's at Dunkin' Donuts on his laptop, having a chill time, relaxing, doing what he's doing. And here comes this kid trying to have a moment, trying to get some clout just for the sake of it. Leave people alone. It's so unnecessary, really unnecessary and it really oddly enough kind of gets my blood boiling in a way that probably it shouldn't get my blood boiling but it does. I absolutely detest it. I hate it in every way possible. It really does flipping get on my nerves. I absolutely detest it. I think it's so unfair, so unnecessary and then when you know said thing happens and one of these flipping children ends up getting flipping blasted in the face by somebody then their parents are on these channels talking about oh he was a great guy she was a great girl they were the apple of my eye they were all of this they were all of that no they weren't no they weren't they're were a piece of crap that's what they were they're were a piece of crap and they tried the wrong person on the wrong day and that person was not taking any jokes and they end up blasting him in the face leave people alone honestly leave people alone it's so out of order no one needs to be involved in your vortex of bullcrap. I hate it, man. I absolutely hate it. Anyway, moving on from that, we got to talk about this. We have to talk about this, right? So, have you guys seen all this stuff happening with flipping KSI? It's been absolutely hilarious to watch because I feel like this is like the, this is like the, this is how do you call it? This might be like justice for him deciding to kind of get on his SJW tip and start flipping Riling and dunking on Kevin Samuels when he passed away. Kevin Samuels have his, has his faults. We all know this, but the way that he was going hard on Kevin Samuels, KSI, when he died, I think it's something like a ha-ha, whatever it may be. It was him obviously trying to play up to the, you know, um, to the sentiment that existed on the internet at that time that people hated KSI in general, right? I'm sorry, they hated Kevin Samuels. So, um, they thought he was misogynist and all that malarkey. And when he did pass away, there was a really strong contingency of girls, of women online who were celebrating his death. And they were flipping loving it. It was like a Super Bowl for them. Fair enough, isn't it? Cool. But then KSI decided to jump in and get some free flipping clout points by dunking on him as well. And I feel like the ghost of Kevin Samuels has come back to haunt him. Because now KSI has been involved in this nonsense thing where he was on this g- british game show we have here <laughs> and for some reason he decided to say a racial slur that people used to say back in the day to describe pakistani people and um it was kind of a broad term in general to des- to kind of describe people that are i guess south how do you say East south asian are they South Asia Pacific I don't know that region of like Indian and Pakistan especially from the area of East London I'm from when people could use that p word it was usually in regards to just being insulting to anybody that happened to look Sikh Indian or Pakistani Bangladeshi. it didn't matter just to kind of describe people from that sort of region and for some reason um, KSI decided it was a good idea to say that in public and on TV and shit and clearly it wasn't and he got absolutely rimmed for it and the people were going crazy and now he's gone on this ridiculous apology tour to try and basically rewrite his wrongs and i legitimately think this is some sort of like comeuppance for the way he went hard on kevin samuels and it just goes to show when you decide to kind of go this kind of weird performative work because i think personally i don't think the work thing is bad i think everybody's everybody should occupy a position that kind of is congruent to who they are as a person so if you lean more work if you lean more liberal cool if you're more conservative and more uh, you know whatever it may be on the right cool just align with what kind of match up to your personality the thing i hate the most is the grifting thing where you're just kind of playing up to the thing just so you can make some money but i also feel like when you if you do it the sign if you do it the kind of virtual signaling way you're usually going to get end up being burnt because deep down ksi isn't the left-leaning super liberal dude he is the edgy controversial guy that's how he made himself famous on flipping youtube in the first place right saying crazy stuff acting so crazy and sort of kind of flying off the seat of his pants but when you're lying to that side of things and you say stuff that goes a bit crazy people then get mad and then suddenly you have to feel like you have to go over and above to kind of prove to everybody that you're not a monster and he's in the world tour but this is the clip of him saying the crazy stuff i think on the on that game show this is coach O'Shea Burrow said ksi project for racial slur and plan some uh, take a break from social media <laughs> i think is hilarious let's see the clip this is a clip of him saying the thing i look we need points in it all right i don't, <laughs> don't no, mean, no, i that. don't you mean didn't. this
1: maliciously
2: but the word <laughs> 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 Obviously, you can't hear it there, but he did say the P word. It's a bit mad. And then, obviously, he decided to release a statement here saying they he's taking a break from the social media is this his first apology he's had like a row of apologies the first apology i want to apologize for saying a racial slur in a recent sideman video there's no excuse okay sorry, it wasn't a tv show it's a sideman video that they kind of spoofed that tv show my bad i I retract that one so we continue there's no excuse no matter the circumstances i shouldn't have said it and i'm sorry i've always said to my audience that they shouldn't worship me or put me on a pedestal because i'm human i'm not perfect i'm human i'm gonna mess up in life and lately i've been messing up a lot so i decided that i'm gonna take a break from social media for a while <laughs> imagine 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 taking a break from social media because you said a racially insensitive joke insensitive joke sorry this is why you're taking a break from social media and honestly there's nothing i i hate more than people who publicly declare that they're taking breaks from social media just take the break don't tell us we don't need to know that you're announcing it and we can timestamp it we don't care go and take the break if you need to take the break but announcing it to people as if it's some sort of achievement is really redacted and every if anything it says more about your lack of self-control your lack of willpower um your lack of life your lack of hobbies and interests that you know, if you're not on social media, then you may as well not be living. That is really sad. I know a lot of people are like that, but, you know, if you are like that, you probably should try to find some other things that you can fill your life and your time with because spending your whole entire time wrapped up on what's going on on social, it's going to get you in trouble the way it did with KSI. So you thought that was it, right? You thought it, it stopped there. No, it didn't, mate. It continued. We get another apology, this time from the whole Side Men Flipping Collective. Personally, for me, this is kind of hilarious because I'm sure there's, a, there's probably one guy there that looks like he could be from that region of the world. But the other funny thing is that I've always fucking hated the name Sidemen anyway. I've never watched one bit of their content. Um, I know of this guy here, Bazinga, because his name you know, is kind, of, kind of similar to my surname. That's the only reason why I know of it. KSI I've never liked because I thought he was always a really corny um, type of dude in the first place and it's just not my type of comedy. But the term Sidemen was never really something that kind of resonated with me same thing like hype beast why would you want to proudly you know stand behind the phrase sidemen sidemen is like essentially a derogatory term for like a wingman here in the uk i don't know what it to mean in you know in the us and other parts of the world but for us in the uk being a sideman is like legitimately like kind of like cocky in nature a little bit maybe i'm being a little bit extreme but it's not the best compliment so to kind of use that as some sort of flag to kind of fly under never been a fan of it so this is quite for me like um gratifying and a happy place to be because i've never rated these men i think they were always flipping over raid always corny always lame so it's good to see them getting dunked on and people squirming and whatnot life will return back to normal it'll be all well and good in the next couple of weeks everyone forget about this but it's nice to see these guys squirming because they fucking suck it continues Um, this is our this is an apology from sidemen during yesterday's sidemen sunday a racial slur was said during the video we accept that it was completely unacceptable and inexcusable the fact that the incident was made light on of on the show was wrong and compounded the hurt we deeply regret this and would like to truly apologize We have reflected on this incident both collectively and individually and are truly ashamed that we let ourselves and you, the guys, down in this way. We want to use our channels to promote positivity, great entertainment and we stand against racism and discrimination of any kind and we fail to do that. Again, we are truly sorry and promise to do better, the Sidemen yeah right you know what's even funnier about it i'm sure that guy chunks who if i'm not mistaken is somalian he's in the crowd he's taking part in that game show and he's from a community of people who you know i'd imagine you know have faced a lot of racial discrimination especially in london with some of the flipping slurs that get flung out there about somalian people so for him to sit there and laugh and giggle about that is hilarious for them to sit there record it and put that video out thinking it's going to be okay in the current climate we're living in is hilarious. But again, I'm enjoying the squirm. I can't lie. I'm flipping enjoying the squirm. Anyway, you thought that was the last apology, right? You thought that was the last apology? Did you think that was the last apology? No, you are incorrect because there's more apology coming. More apologies for your head top. Look what KSI had to do. They took KSI on a shame tour around all the pakistani community so that he could see (laughs) the people that he hurt live and direct he went to a mosque in bradford (laughs) he had to go to a mosque in bradford on his shame tour he had to go to a mosque in bradford this is what he had to do this is a caption courtesy of the Shea Following the recent controversy regarding the racial slur from KSI, he has visited a mosque in Bradford to learn more about Islam and the culture. <laughs> it's a TikTok video of it. Okay, we're not going to play with the sound because it's a madness. This is him in there in the mosque with a do-rag on, <laughs> trying to understand why that word is bad. <laughs> honestly he's been taken on a shame tour look look at him standing like you could tell someone that hasn't been used to standing around in places like this for a long time because of the way he's standing he's kind of got his heel resting on the top of his foot feeling very uncomfortable But you can tell he doesn't stand too much right he's either sitting down training for his boxing matches and shit or streaming but he's rarely standing upright for the longest time so he's got that weird little pose going on with his feet absolutely hilarious (laughs) but big of the pakistani community for holding his feet to the fire you'd love to fucking see it anyway you thought that wasn't enough right you thought that was the last uh, apology you thought that was it? You say, I no, no, more, no mass. I'll give you another apology. One more apology for your head top. One more apology for your head top. He came again. KSI has issued another apology. One more apology for the racial slur he is in the reason, <laughs> It's never stopping. He's going to go on a wall tour at this point. This is KSI apologizing once again for this. Um, good
1: morning, everyone. Uh- Good Morning. Um, So, you know, I want to read a statement which I've written to make sure I express myself as clearly.
2: (laughs) They rent. They rented out a studio for an apology. (laughs)
1: Over everything, I want to say. Uh, First of all, I want to address uh, uh, a recent incident in a video whereby my actions have affected many, many people, especially in the South Asian community. Uh, I wanna take this opportunity to offer my deepest and most sincere apologies for my words and actions. In a recent video, I used a (laughs) racial term that is offensive to so, so many. Especially in the Salvation community. There were no excuses for what I said. And I I recognize I've caused a lot of hurt and disappointment to so many people.
2: Um, To so many people.
1: uh, I, of course, realize that my words have consequences. And you know, as a public figure, I have a responsibility to use my platform for good rather than perpetuating discrimination. And this week, I have failed to do this. Privately, I have taken the time to engage in very you know, early conversations with some people from Salvation Communities.
2: Um, and will continue to do so in the coming weeks and months ahead Anyway, you see the vibes, you know what's happening here Bloody hell man, this is legitimately painful to watch painful to watch because essentially this is just him doing this because you know, I, I can say what I want about Sidemen, I can say what I want about KSI not being a fan of them, but these guys are big deals, right? These guys are incredibly successful, incredibly famous, incredibly rich, incredibly lucrative business opportunities. So you can imagine the pressure that he's facing from people who are on the board of sidemen, who are investors, who are waiting in the wings for deals and whatnot. There's probably so much money on the line right now. This is why he's having to do everything in his power to make sure that he doesn't bring this whole thing tumbling down because unfortunately these little occasions can really have ever kind of, kind of have been like kind of the ripples of these kind of consequences can be far reaching basically. So he's just trying to kind of make sure the business is looked after, but Jesus, how painful is this? It's also funny not to pull that race car type of thing, but it is kind of funny to see the different reactions when it comes to if you then end up in the different consequences if you insult certain racial groups certain people certain racial groups are way more protected than others i have a feeling if somebody said the same thing a joke that happened to feature the n-word and they happened to be very white like chicken shop girl white i don't think they'd get this kind of treatment I don't think they'd have to go on a flipping tour and be apologizing to people and go to some pan band, some so no, some pan still band somewhere in West London and learn about you know, flipping Lotting Hill Carnival for them to be flipping apologising for, or go to flipping Morley somewhere in flipping South London. You know what I mean? Like they wouldn't have to do that they'd have to just kind of you know, keep their head down, everyone kind of forget about it. But when you insult certain co- communities, especially now, especially considering what they're gonna go through in the UK, we're not talking about grooming gangs or this sort of stuff, but you know what, going in the news, you have to be very sensitive, and then suddenly now they kind of rake you over the coals and get you to go on a flipping embarrassing apology tour that you clearly don't want to do because you have to make sure everyone's business is looked after because people's mortgages and you know private schools and flipping G wagons are on the line. That's essentially what's going on here, but it's legitimately hilarious. So maybe this is a consequence of him coming out so hard against flipping Kevin Samuels. I'm going to believe that narrative and I'm going to keep pushing that the ghost of Kevin Samuels rings around and he has reminded (laughs) KSI who is the boss. That's what's basically happening here. Who is the boss? um Actually, let me see this. Actually, one guy in the side group is actually Asian. I want to see what he said. What did he say? One guy in that Asian in that group. I think. Well, he looks Asian. He could be Middle Eastern, or he could be from somewhat completely other place, or maybe African. Who knows? But let's see what he said. This is a guy called Vicstar. I don't know who he is, but, but this guy called Vicstar. His statement is as follows following our group statement i want to make a personal apology to everyone hurt by my reaction to the comments made in last week's sidebar video so he's apologizing for laughing (laughs) i love it i love it shame as a south asian i fell short of my responsibility to ensure this racial slur um that sadly um i'm all too familiar with it's not tolerated not trivialized this is a mistake i won't ever make again i'll try my best never to laugh again when someone calls me the p-word or says it in the jest come on brother man how embarrassing is this god almighty how embarrassing like literally (laughs) oh they got K inside to go to a mosque in bradford he probably has no idea (laughs) what one KSI probably walked into that mosque with his shoes on. He had no idea he had taken his shoes off. Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, I fucking love it, man. Hilarious. Oh, well. That's what you get in it. That's what you bloody get, man. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I'm sorry, but that stuff makes me laugh so much. I love to see it. I really do love to see it. So. moving on from that moving on um what do you guys have to say about this um i don't know what you guys think about this but i'd love to get some of your opinions if you're watching this after the fact or listening to this after the fact right i kind of think unironically that this dylan mulvaney bud light ad thing was legitimately one of the most smartest genius moves ever it may have some long-lasting damaging effects on the brand But I feel like if you wanted to create a very viral marketing campaign, this was the one. And it isn't even the most obvious one I would have picked. There's plenty of other people I would have picked to be the ambassador for flipping Bud Light. Maybe not flipping Dylan Mulvaney, but whoever decided to go for Dylan Mulvaney, you are a genius. The amount of flipping outrage that this has generated online, the amount of free press and media has been pretty crazy to see. And I can't understand why the people who deem themselves to be right-wing or Republican, why they're, getting, why, why they're letting themselves get baited so easily. This feels like to me the most obvious political bait I've ever seen in my life. They did this on purpose. They didn't put Dylan Mulvaney on a can of Bud Light as an ambassador in order to kind of get people who are left leading to buy Bud Light. They got Dylan Mulvaney to be the ambassador of Bud Light so that they could annoy Republicans. And Republicans are kind of falling for it. I, I, I really don't know. Um I don't get it. I really don't get it. So um if you don't know, Dylan Mulvaney, if I'm not mistaken is a trans activist, basically. Um and a lot of people have this idea that Dylan Mulvaney is like a psyop, it's like some prank thing or something, but essentially um she's a trans activist and people don't like that Dylan Mulvaney gets put into um positions that some women don't get put in positions to kind of thrust into media and different roles and different gigs and whatnot. I don't know. It's, it's a bit. It's a bit messy. But essentially, it's a very controversial, very outspoken trans activist who people on the right don't like. And whoever at Bud Light does the marketing over there did a genius move by putting Dylan Dylan Mulvaney's face all over the flipping cans of Bud Light and doing a really trolly. I felt like promo for it. Also, that I'm gonna play for you down below. I think it's over here. It's like a TikTok. It feels a little bit trolly to me. Maybe you guys are not going to believe it, but I feel like this is done to bait um, Republicans to kind of get angry over nothing. So this is D- Dylan Mulvaney, um, you know, marketing Bud Light.
1: Hi. Impressive carrying skills, right? I got some Bud Lights for us. So I kept hearing about this thing called March Madness. And I thought we were all just having a hectic month, but it turns out it has something to do with sports and I'm not sure exactly which oh, my computer. Come on. sport, but either way, it's a cause to celebrate this month. I celebrated my day.
2: Anyway, you, 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 get the answer, right? You get the answer. Um, so I think, I think it's bait. I think it's just bait to get Republicans to be angry. And of course, Republicans have gone crazy, especially on social media. You got videos of fucking Kid Rock deciding to flip in, pull out a strap And essentially obliterate whole packs of Bud Light that he had already in his home, which is crazy. You buy them and then you flip and shoot them to pieces. I'm not really sure about that. But this is Chris Rock, um, you know, putting out a message to Bud Light. Like, this is so corny. Oh, why is it on this video, man? Come on. (laughs) Grandpa's. Damn it. Anyway, you get, frisky. You, get you get it, you get it, you get it. My my computer's going a bit crazy, so I'm not going to so, so let me play the video. So I'm going to pause it, and I'm just going to show you what it looks like, but essentially it's Kid Rock turning around, um, saying Grandpa's feeling a bit frisky. I didn't actually know it was Kid Rock before I even saw the comments, and then I realized, oh, yeah, it has to be Kid Rock because who else is going to be wearing a flipping Kid Rock flipping hoodie? He decides to rant. Then he decides to turn around. He pulls out, pulls out a semi-automatic weapon, I'm assuming, or whatever some sort of um firing instrument and decided to obliterate whole boxes and crates of flipping bud light that he owns that happened to be sitting on some picnic table next to a lake and then he walks off something like oh yeah that's what you get bud light you know being something edgy at the end just bizarre bizarre behavior from everybody involved and i i legitimately can't understand why people are getting triggered so easily about this i think this is genius marketing it kind of went to kind of trigger people it triggered them and now they're on it and also i think you know chucking away beer or acting like this is kind of you know uh, i don't know some sort of um, affront to you when there's fucking bud light the worst type of beer ever I had a couple of swigs of one once before and never again. It legitimately might be the worst tasting beer I've ever had in my entire life. And I'm not even the biggest beer type of guy. So to be making such a stink and kicking up such a fuss over Bud Light is legitimately, I think, one of the biggest R-worded things I've ever seen in my entire life. It's redacted, it's redacted, it's redacted. Please, it's just Bud Light. They're obviously doing it to troll you. Don't get triggered. Um, It is what it is. And if anything, it's a genius move on whoever decided to get Dylan Mulvaney involved in that flipping Bud Light out of Bud Light. It's a flipping, legitimate, genius, genius move, in my opinion. They did it. It triggered everybody. And and everyone's social media is blowing up all their flipping cans of Bud Light. And people are clearly having a flipping whale of a time with it as well online and trolling each other and getting annoyed with it. It's absolutely crazy. Um, There's more videos I can actually show you. If my computer would load and not be flipping twitchy, I'd show you another video actually, or play you another video, that features another guy who seems to have a really nice house. I'm not gonna lie, his house looks fucking beautiful. Really big. He's got a really funny bow legged walk, but he's got this really nice crib where he happens to have loads of flipping boxes of Bud Light like stored all over his flipping, you know, estate that he then decides to flipping, you know, get out and throw in the bin. But the house itself is pretty sweet. Let me see if I can get it up on here. It's a pretty nice little abode. I think I've got it on here now. I think it's courtesy of uh, the Chuds of TikTok, which is a pretty funny little account. Let me see if it loads. If it loads right, we'll play it. It looks like a pretty decent video of this guy chucking out all these little cans of Bud Light from his house because he's had enough. You can't be supporting the trains. My bird light, my bird light, not with the trans, my bird light. Let's go here. Of course, let do this. This is the video, this is the guy, right? You see this? Hey, pick up that Indian dude. Regarding the whole KSI fiasco, racism is not black and white, pun intended. The people who read The Guardian are not ready for the amount of bigotry black and brown people casually throw around. That, that Indian dude. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you said that. If we want to get real about this issue, if we want to get real, let me put myself back on the full screen. I'm glad you said that, the Indian dude. Having grown up and having gone to really dodgy hood schools in East London, I can tell you the amount of things I've heard black and brown people say to each other on the playground, hoo, hoo. you will be amazed. Guardian reading people, heads would flip and explode if they heard what us black and brown people say to each other, you know, on the playground in jest, sometimes as an insult or whatever it may be. Sometimes a tease It's pretty wild. So now everyone kind of getting on their flipping high horse is quite funny. But it also maybe is a sign of the times. Maybe things are moving and changing and whatnot. But you know, as you as you said, like life for real, especially in London when it when it was involving that again. Having gone to schools where you know there was a lot of there was a big community of Somalian people, Eritrean, Filipino, Vietnamese, Chinese, Colombian, um, Nigerian, Ghanaian. Like ooh, the things people say to each other. Oh, 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 oh. We were not ready for that conversation. Not ready, but yeah. Th- um, This is the other guy throwing the other stuff out. Look look at this guy's crib. It looks flipping beautiful, I think. Really big.
1: Okay, hey, you don't know why I'm doing
2: this, you might... fuck's sake, why is it not working? Like why is the videos all so really stopping? Is it me or is it... Google it. I never thought this was gonna happen. Oh, it's annoying, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. My my Twitter video thing is flipping, freezing all the time. I'm sure it's my computer, it's not somewhere else, but anyway, regardless. Um, the guy's in his house, he pulls out loads of crates from his fridge in different areas of his flipping, nice, uh, nice, flipping, complex um, place that he has. He walks out to a flipping, you know, driveway with a massive, really fully kitted out pickup truck. Look at how amazing that looks. That's flipping crazy. Overlooking some mad field. It looks like he's looks like he lives on Yellowstone. That's what I was thinking when I saw it. I was like, he just replaced the horses with, you know, massive pickup trucks. He's walking down. He takes that box of his with his nice cute little bow legs and he dumps all the tins of beer into the bin. Into the bin. Then he walks over to his other garage, right? He's got another garage in there. a whole different unit itself with more pickup trucks in there. And he takes out more cases of beer found inside of the garage and um, fridge and he dumps them all in the bin as well. Mamma mia, mate. What a lovely, lovely place he has. So, you know, he doesn't like uh, trans he doesn't like all that malarkey but he does have a pretty decent um living place that he obviously is involved in so big up him for living in a great place big up him for living in a great place
1: <laughs>
2: but yeah i think they trolled them perfectly well to be honest i think they did it so so brilliantly and the right-wing people kind of bought into it hook line and sinker they should just kind of leave it alone to be honest if you, if you were drinking that much bad light anyway there's something wrong with you because that shit tastes like water and it tastes flipping ho- it's ho- horrible maybe people want it to taste like water and it maybe is better because you can get an opportunity to maybe not drink as much but not for me man not for me in the slightest um not for me in the slightest video yeah true sure. cool let's just call this let's move on from that one i've done that what else i wanted to show you um let's talk about oh yes yeah, so about this quickly so this is an article again i i saw recently that i wanted to quickly um highlight also which i think might be interesting to see this is regarding new york times saying that finland 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 may be one of the most happiest places in the world um and this is an article called the new york times it says the finnish secret to happiness knowing when you have enough it's a very interesting expose on what happiness is um, in places like Finland. So the article starts off as follows: It says, "On March twentieth, United Nations Sustainability Development Solutions Network releases annual World Happiness Report, which rates the well-being of countries around the world. For the sixth year in a row, Finland was ranked at the very top. But Finns details, but Finns tell themselves, um, but Finns themselves, sorry, say the ranking points to a more complex reality." I wouldn't say that I would consider us very happy, said Nina Hansen, fifty eight, a high a high school English teacher from Coca, a midside city on the west of Finland's coast. I'm a little bit suspicious of that word actually. Miss Hansen, who was one of the more than dozen Finns we spoke to, including a Zimbabwe immigrant, a folk metal violinist, and a former Olympian and retired dairy farmer, about what supposedly makes Finland so happy. Our subjects ranged in age from 13 to 88 and represented a variety of genders, sexual orientations, ethnic backgrounds, and professions. They come from Kokola and as well as the capital of Helsinki, Turku, a city on the southern western coast, and as three villages in the southern, eastern, and western finland full exposure or kind of confession i've always wanted to learn a um, scandinavian country oh sorry scandinavian language personally because it sounds so difficult to learn number one and it's a very location specific language it's the kind of language i would imagine you wouldn't normally speak outside of the place that you're at whether you're in denmark sweden finland iceland you'd be speaking that language a lot if you're in those countries, but it's not something that you would, you would think you would kind of come across if you happen to be backpacking in the flipping jungle of Honduras. Do you know what I mean? It's very location suspicious. So it's not like a kind of general language that's spoken in loads of parts of the world, like Spain, sorry, like Spanish, or like even French. I would actually like to know um, a Scandinavian language just because of that, because it's something that's quite novel. You wouldn't really see a lot of people um, that would know the language. It'd be a bit of a surprise. It'd be a nice little thing to pull out at a dinner party that, you know, a little bit of Swedish, you know, a little bit of Danish and stuff. That'd be pretty cool. Um, to actually learn but again I haven't explored it in any way shape or form but I always had in the back of my head you know what that'd be pretty decent and also maybe because I watch a lot of um Scandinavian or Scandi dramas TV series especially like crimes um crime series thrillers whodunits they're really up there with the best when it comes to putting those shows together if you don't mind subtitles they've got some of the best ones it continues, while people praised Finland's strong social safety net and spoke glowingly of the psychological benefits of nature and the personal joys of sports or music, they also talked about guilt, anxiety, and loneliness. Rather than happy, um, they were more likely to be categorised Finns as quite gloomy and quite moody or not given to unnecessary smiling so this is a very different way of describing what happiness is right many also shared concerns about threats to their way of life including possible gains by the far-right party in in the country's elections and the war in ukraine and a tense relationship in russia which would worsen now that finland is set to join the nato and i remember a lot of series i actually watched they did a good thing of kind of explaining some of the racial tensions in these sort of like Nordic um, Scandinavian countries. And essentially what was happening from what I remember into a few series, which I'm sure isn't reflective of real life, but it kind of gives a little bit of a insight into it was that a lot of the people that were coming from like war-torn countries, you know maybe parts of africa maybe parts of the middle east were well, coming over to these kind of countries were entirely different culture entirely different traditions entirely different way of life and the flipping the the clash was too much it wasn't really kind of a fit culturally for both sides that were kind of coming together at this place right so it's a it was a kind of weird time that kind of you could see multiculturalism maybe didn't work too well on top of that um they were going through you know um the highest rates of unemployment, financial you know mini recessions and whatnot so um what you deem to be um you know uh what you deem to be actual you know residents that live there were finding it difficult to find jobs then on top of that, you got all this immigration happening the you know the the economy is on is down the shitter it then creates all this really weird t- racial tension, these guys are coming in who maybe don't really get to see so many uh, attractive, you know, looking ladies so much, they get a bit excited, some really madness stuff happens, cases of people getting assaulted or abused, all this sort of stuff happens, and then of course, far-right groups pop up, they see all this unrest happening and they sort of seize on it and jump onto it, which is what led to all of these especially those countries and if I remember reading correctly, a lot of those places in Scandinavia kind of had a real big right-wing uprising because a lot of those parties were able to identify um, or kind of speak to the pain and the struggle that a lot of people were going through because of the mass immigration that was negatively affecting them whether it was kids in school not having school places whether it was jobs and whatnot all these things were kind of getting affected and the far right came in and swooped in and took advantage of it quite cleverly actually if you think about it um but yeah it's kind of created a very toxic and very kind of unsafe um country for people to live in who happen to be migrants and stuff it continues it turns out even the happiest people in the world aren't that happy, but there's something more than like something more like content. Finns derive satisfaction from leading sustainable lives and perceive financial success as being able to identify and meet basic needs. Arto O'Sullen, a professor of the University of the Eastern Finland, who has researched well being in Finn society, explained in other words, he wrote an email, We know we so when you know what is enough, you're happy. I think this is an interesting quote because I feel like I've kind of come to that realization in my life. And I feel like a lot of people have as well post pandemic. I feel like before the pandemic, I was maybe somebody who was, you know, on this sort of vibe of like, oh, I want to be a millionaire before this time. I want to have this many businesses. I want to do this, do that. I had that kind of like hustle, grind, grind, grind mentality. And I didn't really see where, I didn't really kind of envision what my kind of life would be like day to day i just saw like a monetary sort of like amount i needed to get to i saw like a particular job i wanted i saw a particular place i wanted to live at but i didn't necessarily know day-to-day what my life would be like relationships friendships um happiness all that stuff didn't apply but when the pandemic happened it kind of made me and i'm sure other people get down to the kind of what was necessary what was necessary what's going to give you the what's going to bring in the most level of joy it wasn't going on the holiday and all that stuff it was just being able to see your friends you was being able to have a drink with your friends going out for a meal with your friends um going to the park um, seeing family all these things became way more important than all the other things i was kind of striving for so i think oddly enough the pandemic i think made us all finish we've all kind of got that Finnish perspective now it's not something crazy or something kind of like woo woo that these people up north or the nordic places do no it's something that i think a lot of us have kind of adopted i'm sure there's some people that have doubled down and said no i want to buy a fucking yacht and a mcmansion but i think most of us are really kind of you know um focusing in on the basic necessities that we need to give us a somewhat of a happy life to make us feel fulfilled i know that's what i'm on anyway says here, so the art couple for a safety, sorry, the art couple grateful for a safety net. So it says here, happiness sometimes is a light word and used like it's only a smile on the face, says Temu Kiski, the chief executive of the Finnish design shop. But I think this is a Nordic happiness is something more foundational. The high quality of life in Finland is deeply rooted in the nation's welfare system mr Kitski seventy forty seven who lives in toku said it makes people feel safe and secure not to be left out by society. Public funding for education and arts, including individual arts grants, gives people like his wife Herta, a mixed media artist a freedom to pursue her creative passion a woman she you get you get art grants if you're like in your late not what in your forties you get art grants your finland is crazy it also affects the kind of work that we make because we we don't have to think a lot about commercial value of art says miss kiski so what a lot of artists here make is very experimental you can be 47 and have an art grant so you can be making flipping weird sculptures and shit that's pretty wild to be fair (laughs) that's pretty wild the advocate fighting to be heard i guess this is the zimbabwean guy right is it zimbabwean or something where is he from um so this is, uh says, as, as a black person in Finland, which is more than 90% white, Jani, to, Jani Toivola, 45, spent most of his life feeling isolated. Too often, I think, you feel, you still feel as a black guy, as a black gay man in Finland. Bloody hell, that's double entendre, isn't it? As a black gay man in Finland, that you are the only person in the room, says Mr. Toivola. And um, his father, who was Kenyan, was absent for much of his life. And Mr. Toivola, whose mother is white, really doesn't look mixed race to me shit okay um okay <laughs> let's continue uh his father who's kenyan and his mother's laughing mother white struggled to find black role models he could relate to in 2011 he became the first black member of finland's parliament where he helped to lead the fight for the legalization of same-sex marriage in finland same-sex marriage wasn't legalized you'd never think that to be true would you bloody hell this guy doesn't look mixed race to me does he at all this guy's got a white mum if that's me again if that's me and i turned out mixed race like that i'd be so pissed part of the beauty of being mixed race is that you look like chris brown why would you want to be mixed race and you just turn out looking like me there's no point (laughs) you know what i mean it's like what i'd rather just you know what i mean i'd rather not to be honest i'd rather go back in my mother's womb Come on, mum, bake me a little bit longer, please. It continues, after serving two terms, Mr. Mr. Toivola left politics to pursue acting, dancing and writing. He now lives in Helsinki with his husband and daughter and continues to advocate for LGBTQ rights. As a gay man, I still think it's a miracle that I get to watch my daughter grow, he said. Okay. Another person here says the teenager's race to be content. It says, um, the conventional wisdom is that it's easy to be happy in a country like Finland where the government ensures a secure um, foundation on which to, building, in which to build a fulfilling life and a promising future, but that exception can also create a pressure to develop a to national representation. Um, we are very privileged and we know our privilege, says Clara Passimaki Passimaki Passimaki, 19 One of Miss um, Hansen's students at Coca-Cola. So we are also scared To say that we are discontent with anything because we know that we have it so much better than other people. Wow, what a reality. Especially in the non-Nordic countries. Oh, it looks really cute. That's a nice outfit, actually. I like that. I bet they must have really good cold fashion over there, innit? They must have some really decent coat brands. Might be a good place to go actually buy a jacket for cheap. <laughs> Frank Martella, a psychologist professor from Aalto University, agreed with Mr. pasiki's statement. The fact that um, Finland has been the happiest country for on earth for six years in a row could start building pressure on people. He wrote the email. If we Finns are so happy, why am I not happy? He continued in a sense. Dropping to the second happiest country could be a good long-term happiness for Finland. Imagine, imagine that. Imagine being so happy or so such in a privileged position that you complain that people think you're happy. That is first world problems, mate. That is first world problems. The Finnish way of life is summed up with sisu, a trait said to be part of the national character. The word roughly translates to grim determination in the face of hardship, such as the country's long winters, even in adversity. A Finn is expected to persevere without complaining. I like that kind of thing. That is basically me, basically. I'm basically Finnish that is my mo even in adversity a finn is expected to persevere without complaining that is me this is me this is this should be tattooed somewhere in my body persevere without complaining persevere without complaining review the situation take part take over review the situation take part take over if you know you know back in the day when it wasn't easy to survive the winter people had to struggle and then it's kind of been passed along generations said miss pasinki our parents were this way our grandparents were this way tough and not worrying about everything just living life so yeah crazy little article there about Finn. i'm not going to read the entire thing you can check out if you want to i thought it was rather interesting to see finnish people basically complaining that they keep finishing too high up on the happiness report and they're not actually happy day to day they just found out a way to be content with what they have the article title is the finishing good happiness knowing when you have enough it's available on the new york times website if you need it do your googles do your googles okay do your googles moving on from that one let's talk about this Let's talk about about this actually. So we have, we have, we have, we have a lot of up and coming parties happening here in London um, for the bank holiday that I'm not interested in, I'm not going to go to. And it's pretty decent of me now because I feel like I'm maturing and growing up where I'm getting to the point where I'm going to the things I actually want to go but I'm also not getting FOMO for just not being at places because there were times in my life where I just wanted to go to places just to be there just to be seen just to be heard just to be in the mix and usually when you do those type of events and you go to type of parties they usually end up being real big letdowns And you end up kind of regretting going, wasting your money, wasting your time. So now I feel content that I'm just not that bothered about going out for this Bank Holiday weekend even though the parties listed here look fairly cool you've got the cause five-year party part three happening you've got Hydra happening which is one of the last events ever happening in Printworks you've got another Printworks event happening on the Friday you've got uh Andrew weverall anniversary um event happening at Fabric loads of great things happening and I legitimately couldn't care less legit couldn't care less and I'm really happy to be indoors relaxing chilling reading watching documentaries and just having a blast of a time at home and I love that for me I really do love that for me I just wanted to give myself a pat on the back for it that was all that was it nothing else I wanted to say about that I just wanted to give myself a pat on the back for not having FOMO and for not being a little rave w-h-o-r-e moving on from that one and talking about being a rave whore this is um the recent update courtesy of bergheim regarding their may lineup it feels like they've dropped this early usually if i'm not mistaken the lineup for the following month is usually dropped on like the 10th Of the previous month so it'll usually be around april 10th and some april 11th you get it but they dropped this a few days in advance maybe because of the bank holiday i'm not too sure but there's here's a made lineup um to quickly go over it we've got um the garden opening finally the Bergheim Garden is opening on the first of May. If you don't know what that is, it's basically the garden inside of Bergheim. It's really nice. and um, it's quite picturesque. It's quite chill. People love it in the summer, and it's a good opportunity to rave open air style because that's another kind of really nice part of Berlin in general. They have a really cool open air culture, similar to like Spain, similar to parts of France as well, where they have these really nice venues, where they have these nice little courtyards and places with great sound system sometimes the sound system are tweaked to kind of accommodate for it being open air where you can be outside smoking a good little doobie sipping on something nice talking to a couple of baddies while you flipping you know tore your fingers in the air and start whistling at the nice electronic beats playing through the speaker so they know how to do outdoor life really well and i think we don't we have this really weird thing in the uk maybe because especially in london because everything's with all on top of each other and there's no room. But essentially, all the bars that have gardens in the London, for essentially, have to close the music off usually around ten or eleven p.m., which is insane. So they force everyone back inside, or they tell you to go home if you don't want to stay inside. But in Berlin, the the outdoors places basically stay open all the day, all days basically, all day long until the end of the party. So if you want to have like a quote unquote garden rave, you can. You can just stay in the garden have a pack of cigarettes there, chilling, having your cocktails and stuff, talking and having a good time without going inside once. So I absolutely love that. Anyway, so they've got a garden opening on the 1st of May featuring Boris, Gabriel Kwarteng, um, Ogazun and Roy Perez. I feel like Gabriel Kwateng is playing um, at Berghain way more often then pre prior i wonder if she's already been welcomed into the team or she's part of the residence but regardless it's pretty sick to see so big up gabrielle quatang there um then we've got on the friday we've got bambi playing Bambi's the girl I featured, I think, here on a podcast regarding her little tete a tete with uh, the Black Madonna, now called the Blessed Madonna. So big up her for getting a position to play at Pan, Panorama Bar. There, you've got a person called Bill Coglias, Erwin Senny, Nikki Leon back to back with Bitter Babe. You've got Nanguju back to back with Tati or and Up Sammy, who I'm a big fan of. Up Sammy's flipping amazing. Um then the first club night, you've got uh, on the 6th of May, answer code request who I love here, Justin Perry, who I love, The Lady Machine, who I love, and Panorama Bar. You've got uh, who I like here, Ben. Genie on Earth, Gideon, Haiti Lorden back to back with Love Fingers. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? They're actually a couple, these two are a couple. I actually, follow Haiti Lorden on social media, she's an absolute angel. So, big up Haiti Lorden, um, they're back to back with Love Fingers playing alongside her boyfriend. That's gonna be lovely, jubbly, isn't it, right? Um don't get me wrong; it's, it, can, it can get a bit corny when there's like DJ couples when they start mixing and stuff, and they start flipping. You know, you know, sucking each other's face off behind the booth. It can be a bit corny, but when it's done right, it can be kind of cute as well to see these couples who are united, who have been brought together by the power of vinyl and tunes, lip behind the bar. Um, then you got Refugee Worldwide Night happening as well on the 12th of May, featuring Helen Starr, Kush Jones, No Plastic, PLO Man, um, Richard Aking at king benin and sassy j then you've got another club night happening there the following day the 13th of may who do i like here i like barker in the main room i like ben clock i like cora i like fatty moham um i like face Vetal, virginia of course and in paranormal you got michael blood playing batu ryan elliott back to back of michael j blood again dj sprinkles playing that's awesome not heard dj sprinkles in a while that's a real nice booking over there some nice ones here checking out let me just scroll down and see anything else i can see young Marco's playing on the 19th at panorama bar josie rebel uk stand up big up her she's awesome she's playing at club night at, at Bergheim as well on the 20th of may and you've got a toy tonics night <gasps> oh my god that's gonna be fun wow okay this might be one i have to add to my list I went to Berlin specifically for their party at Club Oxy um a few weeks ago, and now I addedWell this might be another one I have to go to oh my god twenty sixth of may there's a Tetonics jam happening in Panorama Bar on the Friday featuring Barbara Boeing, Cody Curie, Jeannie Lane, Capute, who's the founder of Tetonics and sam Ruffelio. and Tetonics is basically like an itello disco um new disco indie dance type of label, so really kind of light. Airy, summery, poppy vibe, which is perfect for the summer months. I'm imagining over there in Berga in So this is a brilliant booking. Oh, I can't wait for that one. Taitonics and panorama Wow! And in the following day, um, the main room you've got Arthur Robert, inox Tracks, Jacko Jacko, Casper maro Lily akerman who I know, Nihad Tule, Olivia Mendes, Philippa pacho and in Pararamba you got Arm Dinky, Elisa Elisa, Fort Ramu. Kikelomo and N. Baukhammer. This might be had to be it, man. I might have to I might have to be back out in Berlin again for this weekend. It might have to happen. So if you don't see me around on the 26th, the weekend of the 26th of May, I know it's a long time coming, right? You're gonna know why. If you don't see me around this time, you're gonna know why. This might be something I might have to go to. But yeah, Bergheim May um lineup is out there. If you're interested, you know where to get it. If you're interested you know where to get it next on let's quickly talk about this this is courtesy of ra and it features news regarding whore the berlin um live streaming radio show platform that have now moved over to london for a temporary london studio while they do this residency over at Phonox, which looks pretty cool um this is courtesy of ra it says online streaming platform whore has um announce a temporary london studio as you can see there with their classic neon colorways in there they're going to be live streaming and doing different things in that space there i think it looks like it's in brick lane it looks like a brick lane type area and i remember this um it continues. It says located on Kings. Oh, it looks that's not Brick Lane. I, f- I thought it was Brick Lane. It's actually Dorston. No, it ain't Brick Lane. Uh, it says located on Kingsland Road, in Dorset. The pop-up space will host live broadcasts throughout April to coincide with the Berlin um, Station's residency in South London at Club Phonics the bittersweet thing about this for me i did email them once to do a live stream dj live stream on their platform i don't really like emailing people to be fair i think you know if things are meant to be they're meant to be but one in the rare times i did reach out to somebody i reached out and emailed them i got a pretty decent um positive sort of reply of like when i could come over to berlin to do the live stream and dates but then in the time that i replied literally that same week the, the place just blew up it became like really hype and shit and then it felt like they were starting to book some actual legit people and then i guess my email kind of fell by the wayside and no one followed up but this was at the beginning when they were basically starting so um that's my claim to fame <laughs> but i'm still a fan of what they do i think they, i think they probably got the best live live streaming platform out there because They're still small enough now where they can book random nobodies like myself, still get cool cool people online, still get cool people on board who want to be associated with a brand. And I feel like when they're they're obviously based in Berlin, they have a very strong identity that's actually based from where they are. I think it kind of reminds you of the early days of flipping you know boiler room in London um it felt like really London at the time because they were doing them in places that I used to kind of go to and party and a lot of the people that were playing there were people that I kind of saw all the time week in week out around town so I do like the fact that they do kind of book and kind of platform loads of local heroes who you wouldn't probably hear of because there's so many clubs over there and people playing so many weird places it's hard to kind of get a kind of a a kind of idea on who's popping who's good who's not because everyone's really good over there so when they put them all on that one platform you get to see these amazing people and obviously you can kind of blow them up and you know give them a chance to shine and kind of make careers as well because i'm sure some people have played on there have gone on to do big and great things also anyway it continues it says um located on Kingston road in dawson the pop-up space will host live broadcast throughout april to coincide with the berlin station residency at the south london club phonics Hall's first broadcast with the London studio was yesterday, April 3rd, with sets from Vanessa Maria, um, Fractor, and Flowdan. Big up, Flowdan, Graham Legend. Um, among others, the studio will also host a Q&A session with DJ Gagola and MCRT this Saturday, which I hope they should go to. I'm trying to get tickets, but let's see. And the rest of the program remains TBE. Launched in 2019 by Tel Aviv Productions duo tv out hall has enjoyed a meteoric rise meteoric rise so in the past couple of years the station will return to london in august to host another stage at the maiden veil vale festival so yeah it looks pretty cool can't wait to see more stuff that they have going on there they have nights happening on the saturday um with foundation FN and whatnot um that's going to be pretty decent also and of course other parties happening here at phonics as well so yeah, it should be pretty decent. I love the programming. Love it, 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 love it. Anyway, moving on from that one. Let's talk about this. This against is no more Berlin Club news. This is courtesy of RA. It says Berlin Club Renate has revealed their 2023 residents. I love when Berlin clubs do this. We don't have this often here in the U in London or in the UK overall, because you know, resident DJ culture is just not a thing here which is weird we seem to kind of favor promoters and big name djs mostly so promoters basically get a chance to put parties and to organize parties in clubs that can then draw people to the club make the promoter money make the club money boom 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 mutually beneficial or they just book big ticket djs who people want to go see people pay tickets and they go see them but the idea of like cultivating an array a roster of resident djs who can program and so who get to play week in week out who get to kind of learn the audience you kind of get to gain the trust of the audience um, and in general and kind of build their career doesn't really exist for some reason it's just not a thing here in london and i really do wish it was because it would make my life much easier because i feel like if i really want to progress in my djing thing i ever have to just learn how to produce which I'm getting, which I'm kind of slowly coming to the realization I probably just have to learn how to produce even if I don't want to or I'm going to have to start promoting and putting on my own parties like I was doing before and just booking myself and hoping that could kind of propel me that way. That's the kind of thing you have to do. But anyway, um, this is courtesy of RA it says Berlin Cup Renate. I'm Bell's 2023 residents. It says Adi Toledo, Amy dabs and Forzilla and Vio PRG have all joined the roster. I have no idea who any of these people are, but I bet they're flipping amazing. It says the new additions of Renate, um, Frankfurt born DJ and promoter, label owner for Zilla, Vio PRG, who hosts a monthly flight mode show on Refugee Worldwide. They join a long standing residence, Hodas um, Alba and Juan Ramos and S. Rosten. S. Rosten, I know I've seen her play a couple of times at Fold, if I'm not mistaken. It continues here it says um, I'm honoured to carry forward the legacy established by the previous booker The ex- I'm excited by the opportunity to welcome some of the newer faces of the club said the club's booker Ross Mardit at Renate we celebrate the nurture the local talent every weekend I look forward to seeing how these fresh additions of the rosters um, resident roster story will help to sound the floor to continue to develop the team behind the popular Friedrichshain venue recently opened MO01 of a capacity duh, duh, duh. anyway you see it anyway so that's the place. so big up and congratulations to all those guys um for joining the residence roster it seems amazing um but yeah big up to all of them big up to all of them yeah yeah people are saying yeah i gotta learn produce yeah big up everybody in the chat uh big up don second and big up Uche. yeah i have to i have to learn i have to learn <laughs> i kind of put it off a lot just because you know i didn't want to i don't know i didn't want to so What what i going to say i guess because it's just easier to learn to dj just that's an honest answer it's easy just to learn to DJ and to get really good at that. But if you really do want to kind of progress yourself forward and kind of just uh you know, to sort of like um um stand out from the rest of the pack, having the ability to make good songs is good as well. But there is a real big distinction of I think there's a lot of DJs out there or producers which is funny enough who are really good at producing but aren't really good djs that tend to happen quite often but i think nowadays if you do want to get forward it's just one of the things you have to suck up and just kind of learn and figure out so that you can give you a chance to kind of put your kind of you know to kind of put your hat in the ring and to try and kind of get forward that way still not a guarantee because stuff has to be good you know whatever it may be but it's definitely something that i'm going to be looking into to trying to do but first of all first first of all i'm gonna have to make sure that i get a good computer it because if this computer can't handle flipping you know twitter videos then i don't think it's gonna be able to handle flipping you know dj you know music production little shits you know what i mean it's not gonna happen anyway moving on from that um I was quickly mention this so i think i've mentioned prior that i'm really uh, i'm really kind of confused why it seems like you know in sneaker culture for the most part people are very kind of mr me too everyone kind of jumps on what everyone else were kind of wears there's no real sense of individuality and one of the brands i always kind of use as a kind of example as to why people don't kind of hype it more is this brand called karu which i've always felt like is very underrated for the sneakers and shoes they put out <laughs> in terms of the quality in terms of the colorway in terms of the shape just in terms of how kind of easy and versatile they are to wear now, they're not, they're not flipping Air Maxes. They're not Adidases. They're not cool New Balances. But I feel like they're unique enough and probably a little bit different than what everyone's wearing out there to kind of stand out from the pack. And also, they just give you a little bit more of a individuality than wearing the same old Jordan or Panda Dunk that everyone's got. And this particular karoo is a collaboration with Universal Works. So it's obviously a little bit more luxe up and whatnot. But I still think regardless of it, It's still a pretty decent shoe. Look at that shape. You've got this kind of like cortez-y type of shape. Um, You've got the makeup of colors. You've got like a navy. You've got a nice cream. You've got a nice olive. You've got this really nice detail that I like here at the bottom. While you have this really nice yellow outsole. Which kind of gives it a great little pop there on the outside i love all that going on in there but i really do like the look of them but you don't really see many people out here wearing karu shoes for some reason or you don't really see many brands doing collaborations with karu either and i feel like everyone kind of is holding out and waiting for the adidas nod for the nike nod but you'll probably be better off i think going for like a karoo you know or these kind of smaller brands that are not maybe that as hyped and kind of getting them on board to do a collaboration with because you could do way more creative and interesting stuff like this cream uh, makeup of the second shoe they've got is flipping beautiful this actually might be better than the first one i think i think i'm actually like that cream one better than these i'm not gonna lie i think that cream was actually gorgeous but yeah you get to do way more interesting projects you get to maybe customize and edit the shoes way more um and you also get the ability to create your own little kind of legacy you get the ability to create some bit of history also as opposed to kind of joining the kind of band of you know hordes of people who have done collaboration with nike ideas and this, this, this will actually stand out when you look back at it but this looks lovely that yellow outsole pop is a really nice addition i love i love these these are really really nice but anyway let's let's read the article because you have hypebeats and see what they say that went into the background of this shoe in particular it says nottingham based brand universal works understand this audience much like i thought was gonna say understand the assignment i was gonna x off it straight away he decided using fucking twitter speak for or tiktok speak he continues that much like his co-founder um david ketty the clientele possesses an understanding of making workwear work for everyday moments and how finishing touches can be added to the elevate and a look from an honest clothing into garments into a going into garments oh my god let's read that again um how finishing touches can be added to elevate a look from honest clothing into garments fit for going out out who's writing this man eric brain give your head a wobble mate now the independent clothing brand welcomes a new collaboration teaming up with Caru to reimagine the Mistari control and the trampas silhouettes the silhouette is called trampas you might have to change the name of that one trampas all right. Kicking off with the Mistari control, we find plenty of signifiers that Universal Work has been busy at rehashing the design. It starts with a tan navy colorway before flipping the M logo upside down, um, thus reading like a W. The pair, which first came out in 1997, um, was known for its patented air cushion midsole and for always optimizing color. Universal work honors its legacy by decking the shoe in a combination of suede, grain textiles and freem leather paneling before adding lashings of khaki and green on the sole unit. Uh, the Chamus sneaker, slightly subtler approach is navy and gray, but like the Mastari control, it features a flipped logo covered in Universal Works moniker. Here, the suede is all over. Universal Works' Carry sneaker pack is accompanied by a small clothing capsule collection that draws upon the minimal and functional elements of the lifestyle sneaker. The shoes can be seen above, and everything is due to drop at Hanon as well as Universal Works online on April the 6th. So yeah, check these out if you, if you want them. I think they look absolutely buttery, look absolutely amazing. I think Karo should get way more love than other brands. I feel like if you actually do want to wear things a little bit different and actually stand out for the pack, have your own voice, have your own taste. Don't buy what everyone else is buying and just pick out some interesting shoes and brands like this. Give them some love. That's what I say. Give them some love moving on from that what else do we have here i want to talk about quickly yeah let's feature this um we let's say these this is courtesy of hypebeast and it features this debut collection of shoes courtesy of maximilian davis who's doing some great work over there at ferragamo he's put together these collection of shoes that i feel like look absolutely boss these look really really good and I have an issue usually with designer shoes. I feel like designer shoes sometimes can tend to kind of take way too much from like general sportswear sneakers. But I do like when designer shoes look like designer shoes. Like they've been designed to be minimal. They've been designed to be sleek. They've been designed to have some sort of oomph and weight to them. And I love that about these boots. So these particular boots look incredibly narrow. They kind of remind me of the brand. I think it's called May or whatever it may be called. So kind of got that hiking look to them where the laces come right down towards the front. But you've got this really exaggerated um, sole that kind of creeps out on the edge of it. So if you're looking down, the sole looks like it's splayed all over. It's nice and chunky. It can give you a good little lift. So if you're 5'11", you can be 6'1", and you can get all the baddies that you want. And it's got this really nice wax-laced um, structure going all the way to the top. And it's really weird kind of, you know, leather, flap lace day kind of design the only thing that i'm not really hyping about and i would be concerned about if you wore it day in day out is the creases that you may get alongside along this kind of weird lateral part of the shoe where you kind of have the laces going up towards the kind of you know where you're basically the shoe kind of connects to your ankle your foot connects to your ankle i feel like this little slit here may be resulting in some creasing if you wear these day in day out you may get some creases here that may look a bit gnarly but apart from that i love the overall design of it i think it looks absolutely sick um i'm even not that mad at this little lace jewel here i'm usually hate these little lace jewel things they put these little kind of you know square bits i usually take those off but i actually don't mind these and these pair i think they look really nice and even the materials as well i'm not sure if that's like a stingray type black material there if that's a suede or a new bug but i love i love this this sort of like two tone black and navy colorway thing it's absolutely beautiful so these look really nice and then the other model as well with here. Look, they look even better from the side actually they look really sleek and maybe not for my fat feet maybe my feet are a bit too fat for these but i would probably try to give them a go then you've got the lows of the same type of shoe in this red colorway oh these look absolutely brilliant these kind of look like you know congolese uncle shoes but i do like those about it yeah you know i mean that's what i do like about it they kind of give me congolese uncle you know that likes to wear yoji Yamamoto in com de garcon but i actually do think they look really nice whatever this material is on the outside this looks beautiful i'm not too bad at that material i'm not gonna lie that kind of um stingray type material i'm not sure if it's grip tapey that looks really cool and i like how thick that sole is so yeah these are definitely a win and the lows also come in this kind of cream sale kind of colorway also let's read a bit about the copy here curse of hype he said london college of fashion and fashion east alumni maximilian davis um has well and truly reshaped the near 100 year old luxury brand ferragamo his vision is underpinned by british nuances um um pff, nuance, nuances nuances <laughs> <laughs> the texture touches giving the luxe tactile edge exploring this is the house's new footwear style introducing free combat boots comprising of low and high silhouettes the new combat boot arrives in utilitarian hues of white black flame red black um as well as a height up in black either way you get a davis pin design cut with angular dimensions crafted in a highly hairy suede okay that's what it is it's hairy suede I thought this was kind of like a stingray grip tape type so It's just hairy suede. All right, cool, hairy suede. Um, ba 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 ba. What's it? Likewise. What's i moved in here? Yeah. So you get hairy suede, a rough rubber bumper running around the lower perimeter of each pair. Rubberized leather has been added um to the poor tabs of the rear, while rope laces and a square toe and an ultralight rugged. Rubber sole unit has also been added. Likewise, a silver-toned metal lace loop is there too. When these is going to be available? Um, they're available now globally. Let's see how much they are. I'm going to say, just guessing. These Ferragamo boots are maybe. Let's go for the high tops. I'm saying the high tops are like a thousand. That's, or maybe, no? Let, yeah, let's say a thousand. I'm going to say a thousand. Let's double check the site and see what they're saying. But I have a feeling it's going to be a thousand. Maybe I'm wrong, but let's see if this is true. Men's sneakers, men's shoes. Let's go here. Let's go menu. Oh, let's go men. Let's go shoes. Let's see how much they are. But I've got a feeling that they're going to be s- somewhere in the thousands mark. Oh, no, it says women here. I want to see the men. Men, give me men's shoes. Let's see. I have a thousand. My guess is A thousand. My guess is gonna be a thousand. Am I right? Am I gonna be wrong? It's loading right now. Let's see it. Come on, baby, give me some more. Oh, it is one thousand. Yeah, I was right. It says here, high combat boot, one thousand. Wow, man, look at look at me. Look at me guessing the prices of things accurately. As I know, I've spent way too much money buying this sort of nonsense before in my life. But yeah, the high top boots are one thousand. One thousand one hundred and five. One thousand one hundred and five. And then the low top boots are eight sixty. God damn it. Don't you find that funny though? In terms of look of the shoe. So you've got a shoe here it's a low combat boot, and you've got a square toe sabbat, which is essentially like a mule. Think of it like a think of it like a Chelsea boot that's been cut into a mule. You've got less material here. But the shoe is still seven sixty five, whereas you got this shoe which feels like it's been it's been it has way more work in terms of construction from the different pieces of material, (coughs) sorry, different pieces of material to the dyeing to different sole units and shit. It's fashion clothing or fashion stuff pricing never makes sense to me. The the price the gap should be way higher. I feel like there's less material in this than this than the flipping Mule Chelsea boot, than there is here, the slipper thing. Yet they're kind of in the same sort of ballpark. Pretty crazy, man. Pretty crazy. Pretty, pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah, Uchi, I don't think those stray rat tops are going to come back in. If they do, they'll come back in way late. They take their sweet time with restocking a lot of these brands. And some of these brands actually like having people wait having people squirm, having people kind of email in and write on comments. When's it coming in? When's it coming in? They like that kind of, they kind of purposely do that. And sometimes they they do it, they kind of purposely don't update you on the restock, let you ask questions because they know they're not going to restock it just so that you can keep engaging and keeping their name hot. It's, you know, the streetwear and kind of fashion world is very, very dirty. People do some dirty things to ensure that their flipping algorithm is still on their favor. I flipping hate it sometimes, but hey, I'm addicted to it. What can we do? Moving on from this, we've got some news cuts of Supreme regarding some really brilliant Dr. Martins that they put together. Some very, very nice ones. It says, here yeah, Supreme and Dr. Martin has worked on a new version of the Penton Tassel Loafer. The shoe features a hair on hide and smooth leather uppers with engraved logo metal tassel rings and an airwear cushion soles. Made exclusive for Supreme, the shoe will be offered in free colorways available on April 6th. And I legitimately think this might be one of their best dr martin collaborations ever these look absolutely sexy and i have to say having worked at dr martin's for a long time and having worn a lot of their shoes the only thing that's scary me about these is that these are very uncomfortable dr martin's for me anyway in particular they take so long to break in they're not the most forgiving shoes to wear I can tell you that for much, sure. So they may look appealing, especially in this turquoise color with this amazing gold little tassels on them, but they absolutely make my feet bleed. And back in the day when I used to work for Dr. Martens, you'd get two pairs of Dr. Martens for free every season. And usually I'd have to give them away because I could only wear one pair because the pair I could wear were the ones I broke in. To wear a brand new pair, you were basically committed to having your feet bleed. So it was never a kind of good idea to do. Oh, these... This kind of a cow, cow print type of flipping a colorway is so buff. Oh my god, this looks absolutely lovely. These look so beautiful. That little gold hit on the tassel gorgeous with the white socks this is it's a little bit hipstery with the white socks because again whenever i see people with white socks and shoes it kind of makes me think of the type of dudes and gals who roll up their own cigarettes um the kind of people that go to bars and sneak out with the drinks under their jackets um the kind of people who are always asking where's the bag you know that kind of person that's what i think of where's white socks with their shoes but they do look pretty sick here i'm not gonna lie i'm not even gonna pretend like that's not true oh this cowhide colorway this cow print this these flipping doja cat moves look so good these are so sexy oh my god these are nice Mamma mia these look absolutely gorgeous so sure the standout colorway are these blue colorways and this sort of like cowhide type of thing those are definitely the two standouts and i guess the other ones are dark black right yeah the blacks i can i can do it out but that that colorway here this sort of cowhidey one and this one the blue are definitely two of my favorites but let me just tell you having worn dr martin's for a very long part very long time a long very long stage in my life or whatever it may be i can tell you now that these shoes look amazing they actually do wear in pretty well and they're very comfortable after you wear them in but when you first get a hold of them oh they can make your feet bleed They can make a feet But I do appreciate them for doing the collaboration regardless. These are really nice. I do like this partnership between Supreme and Dr. Martens. It's fairly sick. I love everything about it. And I definitely would opt for this colorway. This colorway is definitely my favorite. This moo colorway thing is definitely for me. Wow, 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 wow. Love it, love it, love it. Love everything about it. Out April 6th. If you have the time, if you have the money, go and check it out. And if you don't, what can you do? Chill out and relax in it, chill out and relax. So, next moving on, I want to play this. There's a fairly interesting video here, courtesy of Playful Magazine, which is a really cool electronic music based online magazine. But they do some really cool interviews. This particular interview, they spoke to a couple from the scene, the sex positive scene, who are in an open relationship. And I thought this is a bit interesting video to watch because they are actually an older couple because I feel like the people within my kind of community or my kind of loosely associated friends in the scene that are in like polyamorous relationships they're all really young and it's kind of fun to do when you're young because everyone's hot and young and you know open-minded and stuff and whatever it may be and it's kind of like a phasey type of thing but I would be interested to hear what it's like day-to-day for an actual adult's to live in a somewhat open relationship. Like, how do you actually manage it when you're a grown up, not when you're some, you know, some hipster that wants to kind of, you know, have the ability to be, um, to feel guilt free if you end up hooking up with somebody in a flipping toilet at burger or something? I want to know what it's like day to day you know like actually day to day coming back at home realizing your wife isn't at home because she's out with flipping tyrone somewhere like how does that actually work so we're gonna quickly watch this video here um courtesy of playful magazine if you're watching this or if you're listening sorry to this podcast via the audio platform i'll probably have to cut this bit up for you a little bit i won't play the whole thing but it might be beneficial to watch this if you're doing this via the live stream. So this is Curse Your Playful Magazine and the title is How to Have a Successful Open Relationship and Dealing with Jealousy, Curse Your Playful Mag. Let's see what they have to say.
0: It be, um, don't listen to fears because otherwise you cannot leave your comfort zone. You cannot develop. So sometimes you have to somehow go into your fear if you want to explore something new. But just promise each other that you will take care of each other even if there was a situation like that and that you talk it out.
2: Sounds like Tyrone. That's what it is. (laughs) Sounds like Tyrone. Things might
0: not happen without jealousy. Things might not go go that way without feeling hurt sometimes. It can happen. Just be aware of the fact that it can happen it. And then be sure that you take care of each other
3: afterwards. So first of all, you are together for how long?
4: More than 12
3: years? 12 years. Oh, uh, yeah. So wow. that's why you think we are babies. Yes, <laughs> yes really. You agree? Exactly.
2: Green. <laughs> yeah, 12 years a long time.
3: Yeah. yeah. And really? before that, you were both living in monogamous relationships?
2: Yes. Yeah. 12 years, sucking and fucking. You gotta love it.
3: So how was that, living in monogamous relationships? Were you feeling like you were stuck somehow or
0: um it's funny because we two have a very different past so all the answers might differ a lot so we have to bring up both answers um i was in a long-term relationship 10 years with my ex-husband and Fuck. it was a very adventurous playful wild relationship as well but yes it was monogamous it was just we two said it's it's a monogamous thing
2: well, i don't know if- i love the german accent monogamous <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like some sort of sex act doesn't it monogamous i love the german accent you
0: talked about it it was just very normal for me back then to have a monogamous relationship but i didn't miss anything because it was talking about the sexual life i had with him it was everything was like really cool so i didn't miss anything i didn't have the feeling that i needed other men in my life so that is my past about having a monogamous relationship
4: yeah, well, by me it was. Um, I, I I was missing the adventure, um, not only the adventure with with other women, but uh, the adventure with with uh, doing new things, with uh, with with learning new things, with with experiences, with new experiences. That is uh, that I was missing, and um, I I couldn't name it. I I, I couldn't. Say really it in words, uh, that, that I was missing something, but that was a, a feel inside. And, and, uh, as I had a ch- chance to, to, to make the new experiences with a, with a friend of mine, um, and, and I, I, I got out and, and so on. And, and I learned a lot of new things. Then I, I felt that I was, that, that are the things I, I, I have, I had missed.
3: Ah, uh, your friend was living in an open relationship no
4: or? not really in an open relationship uh, that, that was a word uh, I, I think I didn't know it because I also were very conservative uh, on a really? con- conservative way yes really you were? And yes I, I were yes I um, and um, I was and I I was uh, it was a long time relationship 19 years maybe uh, we, we know each other and so it was a long time we 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 together and everything was so normal it was everything um, a routine
3: yeah every day was like the same as the day before (laughs) and um,
4: then i met uh, uh, another man and and uh, the man came from hamburg and um, he showed me what uh, i could experience in berlin Wow. and um, he took you on me, a he he showed me to
2: to some clubs in berlin and he showed me new restaurants he showed me that's really adventurous that's what i want to hear this is the real shit cuz people always talk about open relationships especially guys and it's always just an excuse to just smash loads of girls no i want the open relationships where it's open for real on both sides so you're hooking up with dudes your partner's hooking up with women and it's going all over the place because one thing i know for sure having been around certain people in certain spaces the most forward thinking the most open-minded women are still some of them really uncomfortable with the idea of their partner especially if they're male being actually bi a lot of straight girls don't like it they don't like to say it they love like oh, i've got the gay best friend they love having that but they're not really comfortable with their boyfriend having the history or having a past with flipping you know with other flipping uh, men they don't like it at all so i do like this example because i think this is a better example of like what actually being in a open relationship polyamorous swinger relationship actually should be about you're exploring all parts of your sexuality not just oh i just you know i love to flip and get laid by you know with women no all parts let's hear it for real and then people can make up their minds if they really want this life or not that's what
1: I want to hear. The Tacheles and, and and something
4: like this, and 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 we we walked together to the to the to the night from Berlin, and I I saw so much interesting things, and and uh, I I decided to to be more open to. Not to be so conservative, to be more open. There, the clubs were illegal, and, and um, but it was uh, well, it was adventure, and uh, that was the reason that, that um, well, my my wife and, and me uh, we were uh, lived out of out of the way.
3: you drifted apart, so that's wow. how it ended because she was also conservative. Then I guess yes. So, in what ways were you conservative? was it more like political or what, were you also like christian oh no
4: oh my no. god no um well <laughs> I, I think the conservative uh, it was it was also um, Religion it was, night, um night. So very comfortable to just
0: stay in your own
4: yes. comfort zone of course uh, the comfort zone was was uh too small and and uh, i was not able to to go out of the comfort zone and, uh, well, my, 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 parents were more conservative and, um, I, I didn't had the idea to, to go out of the comfort zone. I, I didn't know the word in that time.
0: It was a special scene where he lived in a special life. Things have to be this and that way. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, a well, lot of us. It was
4: very structured. I, I'm an engineer and so <laughs> I It was very yes. structured. <laughs> Very, very good plant.
0: He's he's, he's still very structured. <laughs> okay,
3: <laughs> yes, okay. maybe in a more relaxed manner, more open manner. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. okay. And but how did you? I guess you also drifted apart with your.
0: No, with us it was interesting because that's where the monogamous relationship comes in. Um, monogamous. monogamous relationship. Um, but there was a time I don't know. Um, my ex-husband, he. In, in the time back then, I said he cheated on me. Right now, when I look at it today, I would say, okay, I felt like he cheated on me because now I think different about the things. But back then, it was like that. So it was it didn't work out anymore. The trust was gone. Mm. And so we, we just like had to separate because things didn't work out anymore due to also my old thinking of how things had to be and his way of thinking how things had to be. And so that was when I really... I had, like, then different relationships and times where I didn't, where I was not in a relationship. And so I, I mean, I was, like, always, like, sexually kind of, like, wild. So I had a lot of time to express myself, to (laughs) to explore Berlin and have, like, short-term things, affairs, like, longer relationships again. So that's when the lifestyle formed a bit
3: ah okay so before you were also you were also wild sexually but only with your partner i guess yeah. So. yeah yeah. you didn't explore sex clubs or you didn't explore no we didn't do that not at all
0: mm.
3: right and then how did you guys meet oh,
0: later, <laughs> a lot later <laughs> but it was very funny because when we met it wasn't sexual at all no. not at all we met in tarifa which is like south of spain and we went there, both of us went there for Spanish classes. I was there with my, I, I have a, I have a son and he had a daughter. Um, so we went there with our kids and friends and we two met in the Spanish class. Freaky. We the only German people, I think, or at least from so Berlin. The only Berlin people. Berlin yeah. people. So that's how we met. So it was like how totally destiny. neutral. <laughs>
4: yeah. yeah,
0: but back then it wasn't like he's attractive or she's attractive. As well, for me, it wasn't like that. So... It was just, uh, we met and I don't know, one, one evening he wanted to go out for, for like salsa and dance. And I was like, okay, come on, give me your daughter. I'll take your daughter. We're going to a bar and we take the kids. Doesn't matter. That's- so that's how we connected, like totally, yeah, on a neutral basis. <laughs> it wasn't sexual
3: at all. <laughs> so when did it get really? sexual?
4: Well, yes, uh, some months later. Yeah. Well, I saw I saw your tattoo from your, from your neck on the internet.
3: On the
4: and internet, then, yeah, well, on Facebook. Maybe. Oh yeah, okay. was, was, <laughs> yeah <but> Maybe stalker. Yeah, maybe. Then, then it, it uh, then, then, then my mindset changed about her. And
2: yo, this nigga is fucking horny. He got turned on by a neck tattoo, not even like a tramp stamp above the flipping ass crack or something, or like a little tattoo he saw on like you know where her flipping you know her leg meets her crotch or something right that kind of area you know those kind of like you know 40 tattoos that girls get or like a bum tattoo or even like a foot one no he got horny from a neck tattoo on the back of her neck he saw some star or some moon or some you know whatever else on there and he got turned on by that that's real horny that's why that's why i think also a lot of this polyamorous open relationship stuff it probably does work with people who are legitimately legitimately horny like actually have a really high sex drive that's how it can make sense because if you're somebody who just you know for instance if you're like um how can i explain it if you're just somebody that lets you just hook up with people randomly i don't necessarily think that's the same thing as being in open relationship or i don't think that's what you need I feel like this is for for people who actually want to explore, you know, that kind of life. They want to go to sex parties. They want to go, you know, because I I thought they met in flipping, when she said Spain, I thought they went to some sort of like sexual retreat or something over there. Because I know in Spain, they can get a bit freaky, especially parts of the South and shit in these kind of weird little quiet towns. That would make more sense. So I do like how they kind of go about it. But God almighty, that's real level horny. This man is horny for real. Love it.
4: And, um, I thought, oh, it could be interesting because I hadn't <laughs> a girl with a tattoo before. I was conservative.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so my tattoo made it
2: happen. He was conservative. Get it? <laughs> and, um, as I, as I made some,
4: some changes, my personality, maybe I, I can talk about later. Um, and so, well, I, I thought it would be the, a good idea to, to met her again. And um well, I connected with her uh, with you know something like this, and and we we met each other at a um, at a bar in the evening. Oh,
3: we went to a cocktail
4: bar. A cocktail bar, and then. What did uh, you
3: think when he wrote an email? Did you think this is a date, or did
2: you just you think were like? Of- oh. at me from a cocktail bar, and I need you. Do, do. What, what's that song? Cocktail is that fucking don't don't you want me oh uh, where's that song go but yeah I, I just heard cocktail bar i'm sure there's a song that says cocktail bar let me see if i can get the lyrics what what song is that cocktail bar cocktail bar song lyrics i've got it in my head i can't think of, what is it that's it don't you want me that's it human league i knew it i knew it was a song human league um where is it here um you were look you were you were working as a waitress in a cocktail bar when i met you i picked you out and i shook you up and you turned around i turned you into something new now 5 years later you got the whole world at your feet um success has been so easy for you don't forget it's me Don't Don't you want me You know I can't believe it When I hear you, you won't see me Don't Don't you want me You know I don't believe you When you say you don't really need me It's too much to late to find When you think you change changed your mind You'd rather change it back Or you'd be both be sorry Don't you want me Baby Okay. It was like it
0: was like like hey we didn't hear from each other in a long time how was how was your time since Tarifa? and how are we doing just want to meet, just want to chat a bit
3: I would love to see the tattoo <laughs> <laughs> do we <love> the <laughs>
0: okay. No, but it was well for me it was like a very okay let's just meet and like like friends because I do have a lot of male friends friends like just friends so for me it was not mm. a date
2: thing. No no <laughs> she's a bit freaky isn't it a little lot of, lot of male friends eh she's a bit freaky <laughs> okay. Well, okay. <laughs> for me, for me,
4: it was another experience to, to meet new women because, um, well, I I, I started uh, a lot of uh, meetings with with new women uh, in that time, and so that was uh, a new meeting, and well, I had not uh, a lot of uh, things, I a lot of thoughts about it. Um, of course, I think every man who will meet a woman alone, um, she. He, he thinks about having sex with her, why not? But um, it was not the first
2: <laughs> So, matter of fact, any man that meets a woman alone wants to have sex with her. Okay. Pick up In Uche. the wise
1: words of Dave Chappelle, everyone fucks funny to someone. <laughs>
2: exactly, Uche. Up. Exactly. 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 Yeah. This is this guy, this guy is hilarious, man. Everyone wants to have fucking fuck the fuck. fuck. Uh, I don't know if that's true, brother. But, hey. I'll, I'll let you rock.
4: I, 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 had time and and uh, had the idea, and, and I want to know her more, as Guess before. Get you to know me. Get hmm. to know her. Yes, and so we met. We met at the bar, and I told about uh, being in Sardinia in, uh, with uh, with, uh, with, a, with a shaman uh, woman and uh, was wow. doing a lot of experiences, very uh, very ex- experiences with myself, and so. That one was uh, what well, I told her, and that maybe it could be interesting.
0: For her. Well, um, I'm a I'm a travel person. <laughs> yes, so I'm really interested in a lot of like travel stories, and so basically, really, that was the story that got me interested in her, the travel stories, mm-hmm. like talking about Sardinia and the and the. Um, shamanistic work he did there and all the energy work he did there oh you did some shaman- shamanic yes. work yes. And, and, well um, with uh, well, that shamanic woman
4: With a shamanic woman she yeah. was she, she was my my mentor
0: oh like wow. a mentor yes, yes. and so yeah. the travel story got me really
2: interested
4: and i got some coachings uh and and uh
2: this legit sounds like a conversation i've had in many burqa and toilets high off my mind drunk off my head and they sound way better when you're high and drunk i'm not gonna lie like I think this is the reason why I'm kind of happy I didn't make the decision to move over to Berlin. As great as it would have been, I'm sure it probably would have helped my career in general and it would have probably been a better thing to kind of do lifestyle-wise. I still think overall, I enjoy the scene, but I do like to kind of enjoy it from a distance. I like to tap in when I want to and then kind of go back home to quote-unquote normal life. I don't want my whole entire life outside of the clubs to also be kind of club extension to get into all this sort of stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's just too much for me. I just want to rave, get freaky, get a bit naughty, do my stuff there and then go home. Do you know what I mean? I kinda of don't want it to continue into this and doing shamanic work. It's like this is some next shit. Well
4: one of uh one of the coaches uh where um which which was a, with her I, I got to to Sardinia to to make that energy work. It was great. It was a really a great experience for me. And uh, well, I had some other coaches, and and so, um, it, it it formed together.
2: Uche, <laughs> U-J, too much. The lady interviewed them. Looks like she has an extensive vibrator collection. She cancels dates for. <laughs> oh, shamanic. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. She's she's very excitable. To be fair, bless her, man. Uh, to be to me more free in that possibility,
4: and and I, I maybe it was one of the one of my mindset was i couldn't lose anything with her you
0: have nothing to lose yeah i I had nothing to lose and so have anything with me so he had nothing to lose so it's just worth a try and so i was
4: free and and i did a lot of uh, crazy stuff and i told a lot of crazy (laughs) stuff and uh, i visited um, uh, insomnia, uh, some days ago with a friend of mine.
3: Just to input insomnia is a Berlin based sex club also.
4: Yes. And, and, uh, it was my first and second time I got with my, with my, uh, well, with a, with a friend of mine. And he, um, uh, he was uh, polyamorous and, and, uh, he lived in a very, very open relationship or with affairs or something like this and was interesting man for me to learn from him. And, um, well, How did you
2: learn exactly? Please tell us more, sir. How did you learn from this man? What did he show you about affairs and how to concoct them?
4: Uh, He he took me uh, with with him uh, to insomnia and I told her that I was first time and second time in insomnia and I told her about my experiences uh, the first time and the second time because it
2: was really new for me. Um, Um, And you were there with I really want to go insomnia now So Insomnia sounds flipping fun But that's one thing also I've never been interested in the slightest We've got quite a few of them in the UK We had this really popular one called Crossbreed In the UK that was really popular The sex club uh, or the sex party series the funny thing about crossbreed is that one of the founders unfortunately got rumbled for being an abuser and being toxic and a bully and shit and they basically had to close down the whole party because people now working for it were not come to i don't know loads of drama but the funny thing about that guy is that i bumped into the founder of crossbreed one of the biggest sort of like sex positive parties here in the uk and i bumped into him randomly at the Berkheim in berlin and when I bumped into him, I kind of said, went over and said hi, which I usually do. And I shouldn't do it because seeing people are really up their own ass. They're really, really, really up their own ass. And they're really, really flipping um, um, egotistical and have a weird attitude. So you really shouldn't say hi to him because sometimes meeting these people can make you not like them because they're horrible attitude. But I did it anyway. And we had a good conversation. It went pretty well. And then at the same time, we are having a conversation, some drunk girl, some girl that was, I thought drunk, but she was actually high of GHB was also near us. And then we started to kind of trying to help her. And then I remember she was acting crazy and kind of about to fall on the floor. And then I reached over to go and told her to, to make sure she's okay. And then that guy who I was talking to, the founder of Crossbreed was like, he kind of scolded me like, no, don't touch her. No touching. Just find out how she is. Ask her questions and shit. But the way he said it, he was like trying to scold me like as if i was trying to abuse the girl or something when she was literally falling on the floor and i was like how dare you try and like posture and try and like you know call me out to be some sort of monster like in this sort of field we just had a conversation trying to like you know make yourself look like you're better than me or whatever, whatever it may be just a it was just a kind of a put down so i took that you know it was kind of a, you know pissed me off a little bit but i sucked it up then we ended up helping the girl took her down said, gave her some water and stuff and i kind of forgot about it and it was funny some months later, then the story goes viral on social media that this same guy who founded Crossbreed is being accused by people from his own community. Some people have been legend the guy from Crossbreed was faking being non-binary or was faking being bi or something. I don't know, something along this kind it was fucking hilarious that he was all using as a cover to fucking hook up with girls. He was pretending to be like gay and shit and then using it to fuck girls. Allegedly, that's what people are saying. But I just find it funny that the guy that was scolding me for putting my hand on a girl's shoulder as she was falling was a guy that was being flipping called in a monster by his own community so if that guy ever watches this go fuck yourself you fucking cunt but anyway let's go quickly in the comments here what person said? have you seen this new kanye cartoon necro forensic pathology official video kanye this no i haven't seen that i Add it to that list though sounds funny thank you frank lopez
3: your male friend then you yes. said? Yeah, it was his, his best friend back then. My friend. best can friend, I, yes. Can I also ask how it was to be there with your male friend, like the two of you in some way. More
4: secure than, uh, than uh, with, uh, with women, of course. It was we, what? More secure. More, secure, more safe. yeah. He
3: felt more secure. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: And um, really? so, it was really Did
3: anything good. happen on the first um, time? On the first
4: time, not. No. Because I always looked and And, and had uh, to do with my feelings and with my, with my uh, thoughts about uh, being in such a club. And uh, the second time it was very, very interesting for me because uh, there was a, there was a real bitch uh, uh, on the the dance floor and it was a, a barefoot party. Um, so we had a lot of goers and, and yogas and, and something like this girls. And, uh, she was a really bitch and she told me everything how, how, um, how ugly I am and, and, uh, how old and, and I'm very wow. But, but, uh, she was very interested because she talked with me in that club. She couldn't see, uh, do another a thousand things, but, uh, she talked with me. And, and so I thought I hadn't anything to lose. And I thought, uh, to, to escalate with her. And it was really great. So she 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 made blah 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 blah, and uh, we kissed each other. It and was we her had...
2: way. You what? So this woman was a bitch to him the second time. Called him ugly. Said he's old. Said he's expired. Called him a granddad. Told him to get his Zimmer frame and scoot back to his flipper apartment in Prince Lauberg, But then later on, she got down on on her knees and gave him some sloppy toppy. Crazy. It's also interesting to hear that he said he felt comfortable in a sex club with another guy. He felt more secure because if if you it's, it's sometimes that's why it's probably it's good not to read too much online. Because when I read online, there's certain you know forums and Reddit's that exist that talk about these sex parties and clubs in Berlin. And a lot of people there complain about straight guys like myself going there. They hate single straight guys or groups of straight guys because I guess, you know, straight guys can't handle, you know, getting turned on and, you know, dribbling and shit and maybe getting a bit too handsy with people that they're not making it handsy to. But they just hate the energy, I'm assuming, of just cis gendered males and shit. But it's funny that he's saying that he felt comfortable going with another dude. So I wonder, are people online making much of a fuss about nothing? It doesn't matter who goes, just don't be a creep when you go. Straight or not, guy or not, doesn't really matter. Or is it a particular type of guy they're comfortable with? So maybe if I go in there, Mr. Big Black Man, right, <laughs> strapping my little, my little, you know, my little flute to the side of my leg, maybe I might get a little bit of trouble. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas if he goes in with his little flipping recorder, right, he might not get any hassle. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's a racial thing maybe it's not who knows you but understood
3: it was, it was her way of
2: yeah.
4: of
3: leading you on
2: yes but she
4: was kind of later later,
0: later, yeah, later i like that, later like, i understood it like shit test exactly, yeah, exactly.
2: Like now nah, she was negging him she was negging him at a sex party imagine going to a sex party and somebody's fucking negging you i would hate life somebody's negging you at a sex party that should be the one place where people probably put away their you know those nonsense things like games and shit and just be real with each other and somebody's nagging you
4: shit <laughs> test yep. and so it was a big training for me um and and uh yes it, it was good it was uh, I, feel, I felt very really good and and it, it was a it was uh, like
0: it a did. success it was a success, success really and,
4: and it was a new experience at all it mm-hmm. was a first year for me and um so it was great but we were only oh, he must have come so much downside uh, not not <laughs> upside downstairs. Up, uh, mm-hmm. downstairs downstairs is a normal dancing floor and uh upside you have a lot of sex and so on More uh, bed, beds. <laughs> and so we were only downstairs but it was great for me it was a really great experience and i i i, I talked to her because well i hadn't lose, uh, I, I couldn't lose anything and maybe as I think it was interesting for you. And well, it was
0: funny because, um, like I said back then, I mean, I was like, had a lot of adventures and stuff, but I never went to a sex club. But when he told me about the insomnia, I was like, in that second, I was like, okay, can I come? Yeah. So it was not like, oh, I was like, not, not too shy to say that. I was just, I'm I'm a person, I'm very upfront. I'm very open about everything that I want and that I can do or didn't do. So I didn't hesitate to react that way. So he, he told me about insomnia and I was like, just like, hey, can I come with you? next time. So that was basically another interesting story. So we had Sardinia and (laughs) Insomnia.
3: And and from your end, you were finding Joachim intriguing since he started to talk about the the travels Mm -hmm. and then the sex club experience that you were like, oh, can I come? Were you then feeling like you'd be his date on the club or what was your ideas?
0: No, still not. Still not? No, No, because... (laughs) Well, like I said, in between in my single time, I had um, I had affairs as well, a lot of affairs, and it was always
2: very clear. Unless I don't don't have. Why did it? Maybe it's a German translation. Why did they keep saying affairs? Maybe it's just a German. Maybe the German word for hooking up is translated to affairs in English. Maybe that's how they're saying it. But affair doesn't mean if you're single, you can't have an affair. That's impossible, right? Is it an affair when you're in a relationship?
0: Have like emotions you can have fun with people and it's still not a date and so it wasn't it wasn't emotional between us not yet so it was just like okay we're exchanging good stories maybe we can experience something it was more like leading into okay i have somebody who would take me to insomnia why not go for it so it was more like that so um i did not look at it as a date even not I mean, it was insomnia date i don't know how would you call that? Yeah, let's
3: meet for insomnia. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, a lot of people, I think, who.
2: Oh, yeah, you got a good point, Natasha Ski. Um, yeah, maybe it is a love affair. Maybe because I'm thinking, yes, true, you, you got a point. Maybe they mean love affairs because I think from from reading loads of weird little love fan fiction and stuff, whatnot, I'm pretty sure they use that term in it, affairs, in those books. Those sort of like rom com books that like mums and shit read they use the term affair a lot more. I don't know why exactly, but yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it is love affair. You're right.
3: I think a lot of people would be like, wow, you're going to sex club, obviously, but in Berlin, or I'd say in these constellations, it's, or like if you're a person who's open to sex club and think it's, it's thinks it's a fun environment, then it's not actually clear that it's going to happen. Something between the people who go together. Mm -hmm. Like you can also go with friends, but I I mean, let's dwell in what happened at the club. Club.
2: (laughs) just a quick one as a note, I kind of, I kind of understand why a lot of sex parties have struggled in the UK to kind of work. As you can kind of hear me speaking, I think I'm quite open to a lot of things, but even I'm coming up with loads of like hurdles and like, I'm hitting loads of walls. I'm not really getting certain things. So imagine the regular person who's not exposed to this at all. And, pers- and and also in the UK we're kind of frigid we're kind of maybe it's our kind of Catholic history or shit but we're very kind of um, we're not very open about stuff like sex and shit in general and people just get weird and get really creepy um, in clubs especially in places like that so I can I can understand why a lot of parties that are like sex-based from berlin that tried to put parties on in london why they've struggled because the clientele here isn't as clued up or educated or mature about the subject because this sounds like a really mature adult conversation because these two guys don't sound like freaks to me they don't sound like freaks they just sound like regular people who have a kink and they've you know as the stars aligned they kind of met each other in life and it's been amazing but they don't sound creepy or freaky to me in the slightest but they have a part of them that they kind of unleash when they go to these parties and then they go back to their regular lives and it's very matter of fact it's very grown up it's very kind of understood there's a lot of kind of reason behind it it's just maturing grown up so i understand now why a lot of the parties here didn't work out man we're just not really clicking yeah people even crashing saying too much chatting in the uk yeah we, we just don't get it it just didn't it wouldn't work here it's all a little bit too seedy and shit you know what i mean well the oh. thing is just
0: um since i was like very interested in a sex life and it would be my first time but i was i was always made sure i didn't want to go there by myself i always wanted to go there with somebody so i still have like a point that i can connect with at the club if things don't work out maybe mm. so it it was okay that we went there together and well what happened to the club it was it was a cool experience um to me i was like soaking in everything that i saw i was like soaking in the energy and. <laughs> It was funny. spoken
2: in more than that, weren't you, love, eh?
0: I mean, even if it was my first time, I didn't have any any limits. I mean. You were feeling so excited
3: to be I in was this... feeling
0: so excited mm. that it was just it was like, like going with the flow. And we had a situation happening there, which was like good. And it was funny because since we went there together, but I still felt it was good to have him on the side with me. So I had something where I could back up to. Oh, you describe it like
3: exactly to take a pause to take a uh, pause, to, yeah, take yeah, a yeah, pause yeah, yeah. to just
0: sit down yeah. and reflect what happened so and if
3: something would happen you could also be like hey i felt uncomfortable with this person and and yeah. he could you know guard you a little bit i mean that's how you can feel as a mm.
2: especially maybe i wonder if they have them anyway because that's a really good point that she made that it was nice to go with somebody so you had essentially like a safe like a press if emergency button you had a safety anchor Something you can kind of tether, something you can tether yourself to. Cause I imagine those sort of spaces, the 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 environment and the ambience can sometimes take you somewhere. It's like how they describe it in movies sometimes, right? Where you just like you, one minute at the door, next minute you're hanging upside down. So it could just kind of happens quickly. But it's nice to have somebody with you that can kind of tether you and kind of pull you back in if you need to take a little breather and relax and kind of speak about things that you've seen, blah blah blah. But I wonder if they have them there anyway. I wonder if they, if these parties have people like wardens or like you know people who kind of act as that kind of person if you need somebody to kind of talk to and speak about certain things, blah blah blah. It, I'm sure that it must exist, like a I don't know, like a care officer or something on those kind of lines. Maybe woman in yeah. these situations.
0: Yeah. So it was a good experience.
3: Definitely, but the two of you—did anything happen?
4: Well, it happens. It happens after the bar. It happens after the cocktail bar. I think that was a part before insomnia, which, <laughs> yeah, which we, we, we forgot to to, to, uh, we to explain. That. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but when you I... said that when you went to insomnia, you still didn't know, didn't feel that you were no, going we're still there. not a date. No, so for well, you, for me not because you were having a lot of sex with friends, I guess. Yeah, then. it was just
0: like more like an okay sexual adventure yeah, yeah. still yeah mm. so after the um, maybe to to go one day back um after the bar um he drove well after the bar which was like a successful evening <laughs> he drove me home and um well maybe we skip that for the <laughs> <laughs> for other parts <laughs> now yeah we already had our first let's say encounter after the bar
2: and it was this- don't you find that interesting they're very open. They have this amazing polyamorous relationship. And they're very quick. You're obviously sexually liberated. But they get very shy and very coy um about sharing what they actually got up to. Like, what happened? Did you guys fuck? Yay or nay? Suddenly you start climbing up like little schoolgirls. That's interesting, isn't it? You'd think they'd be a lot more like, yeah, this happened, that happened, that happened. And I'd like, <laughs> we had an encounter. We touched like adults. <laughs> success yeah
0: yeah yeah <laughs> otherwise success. there wouldn't have been a second meeting
3: who <laughs> <laughs> no. knows maybe it could be like mm, yeah you know but still i like this person you know yeah. no. uh,
0: there was a first encounter yes yes great yeah and yeah. When, when when he picked me up i think two days later to, um to to go to insomnia before um so he came up he picked me up so it was another encounter before insomnia
4: (laughs) and so So, yeah so we know each other a little bit uh, yeah (laughs) in that evening and and uh, we well it was uh, the first the first trust we have yeah Small trust but it was the first trust and so i i could i could be care of her
0: take
4: care take care of her in in the in Mm -hmm. the club of course as a man i think it's my my task for her at, at the first time in such a sex club and that's okay so good
3: but then good task. I know you Joachim felt intrigued like to start something then with Janina uh, since the date but on your hand when did it happen between you two
0: Um, you mean when it changed into like an emotional thing yeah I don't know if there's like the point X when it happened but I know that for the first let's say about like six weeks Mm-hmm. It was like basically an affair yes. All right, for six weeks without, well, I didn't ask what he was doing after me, after he met me or before he met me or where he's, he's been on a weekend or whatever. So for six weeks, it was like an affair. So basically we just did what you do with an affair. And then I think there was the point where like, we're like, Hey, we get along quite well and we can talk with each other. We can do other things with each other. It fits quite well. And then one day he came, came up with a very, very spontaneous idea. Um, he has um, apartments up at the Baltic Sea. And oh. he was like, hey, I can take you there for a weekend.
2: Yo, big up, Richie. Thank you for the $10. Here's
0: a pick me up for Cat Run. I can feel the sexual <laughs> tensions between in that room. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Big up, Richie. Thank you for the $10. I appreciate you. Yeah, 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 yeah. To be fair, I'd pay, I'd pay 10 euros to watch it. Not gonna lie, I'd pay the ten euros to to, to watch the after hours. <laughs> I'm sure they have a Patreon. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a tenner from that twenty you sent me and and pay for the Patreon and see where I go on for the other side of things. Um, what's Uche saying here? They're not polyamorous; they're just swingers. Really? I thought that I thought that was. Hold on. Hmm. You've intrigued me here. Um. Let's put this in a new window. Like this. Working? Yep. You've intrigued me here, my dear Uche. You've intrigued me. Uh, Polyamorous meaning. Isn't that what polyamorous is? Characterized by or involved with the practice of engaging in multiple romantic and typically sexual relationships with the consent of all people involved. So you're in one relationship with one person, but then you're open to having other people come in. That's polyamorous, right? So what's the difference between that and open relationships? let's find out what that is open relationship meaning a marriage a relationship which both partners agree to each may have sexual relations with others same thing isn't it no it's not technically the same thing they the reality is that a lot of couples are into open relationships they just have no idea because sneaking around At least this couple is mature enough. Yeah, of course. No, 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 no. I don't think I understand what you're saying. I agree with you. But I do think this level of honesty and openness is really rare and quite cool to see. I would even go as far as saying this is quite beautiful. Even though it's not for me in the slightest, I do like seeing people who have maybe figured it out. And I also like the fact that they both come from monogamous or as you say, monogamous relationships before they were both married to people who they were committed to in some regard i like that about them like they they went down the conventional route they were freaky in that commission because she said the woman said herself uh, in her marriage she was very sexually liberated and they had a lot of fun with her husband and stuff but she just felt a bit bored it was a bit samey she just wanted a bit more fun so they lived the regular life but they also wanted to explore other things so i do like that about it it didn't just start strictly from like a freak shit it went from like no i went to i went the conventional route then i realized conventional route isn't for me and then they went to explore other things i kind of like that with them to be completely honest um and then yeah and oh yeah let's just switch you said swingers let's say what swingers mean swingers meaning swingers a lively and fashionable person who goes out a lot to social events Per person engaging groups okay cool yes th- th- that's what i think of swinging i do think of social events right i remember in the uk we had this thing what do you have this thing in the uk i don't know if you had it in the you had it in other countries i'm sure you did it's like this thing in the uk it was like what's it called was it called like tailgating or bot was it called like it was something involving cars where basically there was these parks around the uk where you'd go up go with your car and you'd get in your kink wear, wherever you went to where if you're a woman you put your laundry on the shit and you'd have your lights on and then people would pull up and like they'd just like get in your car and you'd you know you'd you'd have at it and stuff so it was like a weird i don't know it was like cruises like what gay guys do when they go and cruise but it was like in cars in parks and shit I forgot what the name of it was called, but it was very popular around like the I want to say like the eighties and shit for a reason. Like seventies, eighties was kind of popular a lot. It was a big thing in the UK. I don't sure if it happens anymore. Do- that's it, dogging. That's it. Thank you, thank you. You know it, dogging. Yes, that's the term, dogging. Yeah, it was a big thing in the UK. <laughs> I don't know why that was a thing. To be honest, maybe because sex clubs don't exist here, but dogging was super popular in the UK. Man, people were super on dogging um yeah turning turning up to like car parks and car parks and cars turning your lights on and shit i don't know i don't know weird stuff around it but yeah let's continue
0: i was like what you will take me for a weekend <laughs> to the baltic sea And i was like really yeah and so that was like after about six weeks that was when we spent like the whole weekend for the first time we spent a whole weekend together at the baltic sea nice. though we didn't see a lot from the outside but <laughs> Oh, it was great.
3: Yes. <laughs> yeah, it
0: was great.
4: Well, that's our story, yes. That's, that's yeah. our story.
0: So maybe that's when it like somehow started switching. And I remember like for, again four weeks later, he said something like okay, let's go like how do you say laufen? Ski, ice Yeah, Yeah, ski. I don't know. Ski? What?
3: Schlittschuh laufen. I don't, I don't know, know, but it sounds great. Yeah. Okay, no. we went laufen? <laughs>
0: And he was like, okay, let's bring the kids. I was like, what? Yeah.
2: Richie sharing is caring, brother. Sharing is caring. (laughs) Sharing is caring. man. (laughs) No.
0: Well, I was like the one saying no, because he had a daughter. I had a son. I was like, no, why bring the kids in this? But they
3: already knew each other a little bit. Yeah. No no, no, no no it was the what first time, was, time and i was, was like no
0: time. this is not like the family and kids thing but didn't they meet when you were in language school e- yeah okay yes. they yeah, met yes. there but that mm. was like really like briefly all oh, right briefly no. only so they didn't know that we had-
2: don't please don't get weird please don't tell me the kids are hooking up with each other now too please don't get too weird please don't get too weird please
0: Met like met again okay okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> i see no, so that was like yeah. when I felt like really, I was like a little bit backing, backing away because I was like, nah, this is not going to be like a kid's family thing. No. And he insisted. So, so we did it and it was fun.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like
0: everyone got along. Yeah. Yes. yeah.
1: Hold on. Are they saying their kids hooked up as well? <laughs> Wow, I don't know if that would quote that right, but okay, okay, yes yeah. yes,
3: um but how early on did you have the? because it, I mean, you started out on very uh open grounds, so to say, mm-hmm. but how did the evolution of the relationship look like like what conversations did you have, and how yeah you know, all the, it can be jealousy, it can be, you know, there's so much things that can mm. happen in the beginning when you open up a relationship.
0: Yeah, I think this is one of the main
3: topics, maybe. Well, for us, we started like that.
0: Um, basically, it was, since, since we both came out of, of a very, very long monogamous relationships, it was somehow, even even without.
2: <laughs> I'm not bringing my girl to a club grand opening. You said sharing it. yo man i'm just i'm just i'm just echoing the thoughts of the room you know there's no one here at the moment but i'm just echoing the thoughts i hear around the room you know i mean
0: not speaking about it it was somehow clear the way we started as well that we don't want to go back to a monogamous model let's say like that so that was the point that was clear but sure if you want to develop you always develop in a certain in a certain direction and I don't know if there was the point X where we said, okay, our model has to look like this or like that. It was just good that we started in a way that was clear that it has to be something open, something open. So it was like developing really. So I mean, we started with the insomnia sex club and we did a lot of other experience along the way and the whole thing just developed during our relationship and it changed in between. A lot of things changed in between as well.
3: Can you give an example?
0: Um, I mean, we had a very intense beginning, very, um, sensual beginning, and there was a lot of trust, so it was easy to open up. Um, but sure. Sometimes, you know, how would you say? Like, at least from my side, sometimes the old ghosts are haunting you.
3: Yes. So, Mm -hmm.
0: so there are sometimes I had sometimes to deal with topics like jealousy. So yes, jealousy for me, at least was a big topic. But not in a way where where I would be like, um, okay, we cannot have this model anymore. It was never like that. It was just, okay, we have to adjust a bit and we have to change the communication and have, we have to look at our body language. Could
3: you, could you say some situation,
2: like explain further on? That's the one bit that's just like, that's the one bit. That's the one bit where it's just like impossible not to be feeling in it. That's so that's the one emotion that it feels like it's impossible not to feel jealousy i've heard many people in open relationships say the same thing like having to navigate around it very rarely do you find i'm sure there exist two people who've never once felt jealous about the other one hooking up with other people or stuff or whatever or getting up to other things that you're not aware of never once there's always there's always exist that hint of jealousy i wonder why that is because you never feel jealous with your friends right if you're not you know involved relation, you know sexually with your friends and shit you never feel jealous with your friends even if you're going through a barren spell you may be feeling like you want some yourself but you don't feel jealous that they're getting some you just want you know you can't oh man I wish it was me but you never feel jealous that they're getting some you never want to be with them instead you just feel like you want that thing for yourself but when you're in a relationship with somebody even when you're open in a relationship that hint of jealousy always seems to exist you can never get rid of it no matter how open minded you are it just is something you have to kind of be cognitive of and kind of manage and kind of work through and i think it could be tricky because you know there's always one person who maybe feels it more than the other person you have to acknowledge their feelings and shit it's it must be a really tricky 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 thing to kind of figure out um, yeah a, a I situation where you um, for got example jealous.
0: for me it was like and um, one time there was something um developing with a the woman that I didn't feel comfortable with. So it was a woman. She behaved a bit like really like pushing me away. Oh, that's not a good sign. Yeah, that is not a good sign. And I, but at that point, um, he was totally into it. And so (laughs) I was like, okay, no, I want to give, I want to, to make this pressure possible for him, you know? So I didn't know how to, at that point, I didn't know how to communicate my, my bedoofness and my needs. Mm -hmm. So at that point I felt that okay it's not it's not good for me it doesn't feel right but I let it happen, and that was like a point where we had to later on we talked about what happened and so we had to like re re um, readjust the communication yeah. and the body language and the sign and and how I felt about it and so, so like
3: can I ask did Joachim then have to show you more affection in front of that person to like set a boundary like this is my this will always be my prioritization or how did that body language so to say i, I think i
4: think it started uh before it started at the first uh um, thinking, thinking together, uh, uh, insomnia. um there also was a um situation which was not comfortable for well, i think for both of us and of course we spoke after the, the Club we spoke about every situation, and we we told each other um, how do you feel was it great for you or was it not great and, and and so we we heard from each other which was good and which was not good and and um, uh, of course we told uh, we talked together how how could i I give you a signal?" Um,
2: non-verbal, next time, maybe a nonverbal or
4: maybe also a verbal signal, but mm-hmm. because, uh, if I don't hear or if I don't feel the signal, mm-hmm. of course, then she has to say stop. And I, I had to, to give her the, the, the possibility to say stop because, um, she felt not comfortable to say stop and stop and stop and stop. But also I have to give her the possibility. I have to, to give, um, uh, the, the the possibility to say, okay, that's too much. Please stop.
0: I I always call it um the right for a veto. Yes, of course. Unless you don't use it too often and use it every time and and use it in order to to protect yourself from maybe being hurt something. I mean, use it wise. Let's say it like that.
4: Maybe. And we spoke very deeply about the situations. Um, we spoke about our feelings. Um, and, uh, we spoke about, uh, uh, our, our thinkings. Meanwhile, that, that situation. And, uh, so I think it was the most, most important thing what we could do to, to learn each other, to, to know each other, uh, in, in situation. And so it was in, in that situation, she, she talked with a, with another woman. I felt that something was not okay for her. And uh, of course, then I, I I looked more and and uh, I, I, it's
0: it's about awareness. Uh, yeah, it maybe is. I and sensitive, like
3: sensitive to others. Yes, yeah, because course. I mean, everybody Empathy.
0: knows you. You, you always am like I mean, if you interact with other people, it's always like an adventure. It's it's fun. It's playful. And but it's always important to still be aware of your partner and somehow notice if if he or she's alright or not. I think that well, in our situation it was like that because our First adventures, I mean, everything happened together in
2: a way. But- I'm I'm fine with that. I don't mind that, to be fair. I quite like them as a couple. Um, again, it's not a lifestyle that I'm in, you know, um, want for myself in any way, shape or form. But I am fascinated by people who do make it work. And even more fascinated with these people who seem to be adults because the people that I seem to encounter who live this sort of lifestyle, are usually trendy hipster techno type of people who usually are kind of just, you know, exploring their sexuality and having a bit of fun. Really. It doesn't necessarily at the, for me anyway, on the outside looking in seem to be that serious. Um, I don't see any real long-term prospects in it, but then when you do see people who are adults who are having a long-term 12-year relationship where they explore these sort of like avenues it is quite interesting to see how they navigate through them um you know their perspectives on them all that sort of stuff is super interesting i'm not gonna lie i do like kind of hearing that kind of perspective from these people and how they kind of go about doing all these things and if anything it's probably a really good advertisement for whatever this club called insomnia is which i'm assuming is probably a really commercial kind of swingers club Because I hear a lot of people within my scene Going to Kit Kat And going to Club Verboten The other one that's in Berlin And some other few But let me see what Insomnia is about Because I'm intrigued to see What this place is that they keep raving over Is like So according to Google It says Insomnia here What are the opening hours? I'm assuming it's like all day all day Let's see what they say here on Google Hmm opens at 8 p.m it says here uh it's uh, located near Templehof, which is near the air, the old airport so it's probably in you know in open air so you can go in there and have a lot of good fun and not have to be worried about people coming in and saying stuff to you and whatnot what well, are the opening times here uh, until 5 a.m 3 a.m 5 a.m uh actually know what should check let's see the trip advisor let's see the no trip advisor let's see the um a trip advisor? No, I want to see the reviews of people that went there. Let's see. The I want to see what people say. There we go. Google reviews. Let's see the Google reviews. It's got 4.2 stars on Google. Let's see how they reviewed it. Because that could be a good indication of what it's like to go and party at this establishment day in, day out. Let's see here. Insomnia Berlin. Let's see this. I went to an AAB party. And we enjoyed ourselves a lot. Very clean. <laughs> very clean. There's a guy with a mop there every to every ten minutes. It's like in Bergheim. When you go Bergheim, usually they they come in and close the toilets because they get you know they get a little bit messy and they close them. People are like sort panicking. Where well, should I go to the toilet? You have to clean them with a the jet wash and shit. Um, very good music. Very friendly staff who helped us another person one star worst place in town and they don't have any sense of how to treat people and make their rules for entry i would never recommend anyone to even waste their time on this place rules should be fair but yours are just say no to someone you don't want to enter racism i guess oh okay so they didn't let this 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 um this lad in and the person said a response from the owner of course we make our rules for entering the club who else would that's a very german way to respond isn't it instead of saying sorry and licking their ass and shit of course we make our own rules we thought you were an ugly so we didn't let you in (laughs) next one they are serious about pleasure and encourage everyone to get down to business visitors skew much more to mature male and less touristy side Mm -hmm. plenty of hidden spots to explore even has a jacuzzi perhaps would be fun to have more than one stage okay it's cool so it is a bit more of an older crew um that goes there which is probably why this couple that i said before were going there another one says one star at the entrance they examined us (laughs) examined that's such a big word to use for getting searched they examined us from head to toe and then said that the place is too full right after us we saw five other people entering we don't have a problem with you saying that you don't fit people you don't fit the place because of who we are or where we're from but don't underestimate our intelligence that's the one thing about berlin that i think people will never ever get to grips with and that's why it probably makes it one of the most interesting party cities to go to they have this thing that they do where they have door pickers Where they legitimately say, like most clubs, most bars even, where they say yes, no, yes, no. So it doesn't matter how much money you have or if you can pay for a ticket or if you have a ticket, there's somebody on the door who selects and chooses who's allowed to come in. And the door pickers, sometimes security, take their jobs very seriously and they kind of treat it like it's their house like they have it sometimes they'll say that as a, as a no they'll be like not tonight or they'll say no i'm not letting you in my house or something like that, those kind of things so for somebody who comes from a place outside of berlin where clubs are just about you giving the person money and then you walking in it's a bit of a fuck to get used to somebody saying no to you to go to a club like not because it's full just because they don't want you to come in they say no you don't fit and then they tell you to go over and then you see other people going in. It can be really hard to get your head around. It's just a difficult concept. So even more so, I can imagine in a sex club because that's really judgmental. You feel like you're getting judged. If You take it super personal. The reply from the from the venue. Hello, please do not infer your state of intelligence from an observed action. This is a translation, by the way. Um, there can be all sorts of reasons why others come in. Maybe there were two parties, one for and the other not yet. Maybe they were DJs or show people. Maybe the outfit didn't fit. Maybe the male and female ratio was op- op- wasn't was optimal. Maybe you just didn't fit our special party, etc. I'm sorry if you were disappointed, but maybe you should take a look at your our program again and see if you like anything and give us another chance. Wow, I love this response from the owners. They're not trying to suck their dicks. They're not trying to be too, you know, um, whatever that people do when people complain and it just being matter of fact. I like the replies misandrist don't bother going here if you're a male even though that's where most of their money comes from (laughs) so the single guys that go in there wanting to jack off in corners are upset i've been a few times and never turned away because i know one of the organizers but they're turning away men so often so hold on you go there all the time you get turned away once and then you give them a once-hour review come on brother um don't go where you are not wanted another person hello most of our money does not come from men it comes from couples and that's just as well there was always much more men than women couples of course our rejection quota for single men is also very high if you're in and see the pleasant ratio of males to female rejoice okay so they're saying that the reason why we select less male men to go single is to make it a good vibe and once you're in there you know why we do it you're standing outside the box there's less nice but less not necessary they are not racist and it's not enough to criticize them negatively i respect the policy of the place you must respect it and stop the nonsense only you want to go there register online the place is clean the stuff are kind and i hope i can work there even for free just help them okay this person's clout. this person's like clout chasing a little bit trying to get into their good graces even post a picture of themselves number another one last last one they do not allow entry even if you go with the proper dress code they discriminate without reason (laughs) security guys are sick hello nobody's discriminated against us it can be happened to gentlemen even though they have subtle outfits are not let in simply because the number of men we let into relation to couples has been reached so they have a quota they have an absolute limit of men okay cool i see i see i see i see but yeah um it looks in- interesting. Let me see the website. I bet they got one of those like old school websites as well. Cause for some reason, these sex clubs always have like really, like dated design. Yeah, see, I knew it straight away. Look at look at the design of this website. It Looks like it was made in on fucking GeoCities in nineteen 19- whatever, in early two thousands. Hilarious. Um, let's see the program. What what are the, p- the parties? Did everything? they have to log in and shit. Okay, the the pictures are a bit sussy. I don't want to get banned with any of the flyers, but god damn they got they got sex parties from Thursdays Jesus Christ What are some of the parties called? Berlin Playdate Hilly Spizzles Young Love Swingin' Sunday International Sex Affairs <laughs> <laughs> This is wild uh what's that mango viscoso? i don't know what that what that means kinky cuddling okay cool let's go back i don't want to get banned and taken off a flipping youtube but yeah oops so let's say here it says um insomnia is a lifestyle club where cosmopolitan libertines urban night owls and polyamorous and polymorphous sorry party people creatives and travelers from all over the world party together um to the pulsating beat of the night it's, 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 it's. Insomnia is a hedonistic parallel universe with parties that are sex positive, full of casual intimacy and sensuality. International and Berlin DJs punctuate the ecstatic atmosphere with music ranging from techno, electro, house to gothic, swing, tango, classics, performers from all over the world enchant with magical shows. Insomnia is a temple for the nonconformist, free spirited forms of life, and love for any inclination. Whether vanilla, swinger, gender fluid, queer, negretto, bizarro, fetish, (laughs) we can offer clean, safe sexual escapade in an infrastructure of emancipated women for modern couples who want to go to erotic adventures together and hetero flexible men who also like to make themselves available as erotic accomplices ensure ensure a safe sex lab for everybody newcomers are welcome be libidinos libidinous that, that how's that word libid libidinous i've never heard of that word what, what the fuck does libidinous mean what the fuck is libidinous Get us libidinous. Showing excessive, excessive sexual drive and lust. God damn libidinous. How do you say libidinous? Libidinous. Libidinous. I'm feeling rather libidinous tonight, my dear. Libidinous. I'm rather feeling libidinous, my dear. (laughs) Libidinous. Libidinous. anyways (laughs) anyways i'm off man that's it um too much horny talk for me right now i'm gonna cut off the stream and the podcast but yeah big up everybody that's hanging in there i appreciate all of you for tuning in with me to the flipping agostino zinger show my cultural comedy cultural comedy cultural commentary i'm a comedy but this is not a comedy i'm the comedy Cultural commentary podcast. I appreciate every single one of you. Um, I shall be doing a random show for those of you wondering tomorrow. So if you want to check out the random show, same time tomorrow, I'll be doing a random show checking up on some bits and bobs. So check coming for that if you want to see that. But for this pod, um, this is the end. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's been a pleasure to have your company as per usual if it's your first time tuning into the show you know what to do smash like hit subscribe leave me all that good stuff that'd be greatly appreciated links to me are all in the description you can find my socials and all that or my website all that you can find it on there contact me if you need be that'd be greatly appreciated but until next time if you are going to be here again if you listen to the audio podcast you'll hear my tune of the day if you're not listening to the audio, you won't hear tune of the day. It's just gonna cut off and you're gonna be upset and up and crying. So make sure you subscribe to my audio podcast as well. It's available where all podcasts are. So you can find it on Spotify, you can find it on iTunes, you can find it on Google and all that malarkey. Don't delay, do that call. Cool. And also I'm gonna be doing the random show and putting it up on the stream as well. But make sure you subscribe to our podcast. If you want to hear the tune of the day, you can find it on there but thank you so much for coming in and hanging in with me it's been a pleasure to have your company as per usual thank you so much appreciate every single one of you's for chilling with me and i'll see you all again very soon the tune today will be playing for you if you listen to the audio podcast if you're not it just go to black and i'll see you guys again very 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 soon take care my friends be well everybody peace see you again very soon bye